So you are given the opportunity to essentially GM for a living. You don't have to choose one system. It can be multiple different systems, but you're GMing all of the games that you are doing. How much money do you have to make as a full-time GM to quit your current job? How often do I have to run games? As often as you want. It just depends on how much you want to make. Uh, my number's going to be really high. <laughs> really? Mine's going to be surprisingly low? Like you could my... maybe do fewer sessions that you're presumably charging more for. I'm not sure how you do it charging for they're expensive. If you if you ever looked them up, they they normally go along with like the idea of like pay for an experience, you know, like the bunch of rich people who've never role played before and don't have friends to DM for them, and so they'll just like let's do it on a weekend. That sounds funny. Uh, they each pay well like one hundred and fifty dollars or more for a ticket. It's it's insane yeah. actually. So you can have like. Fewer sessions that are really expensive, or you could have a lot of sessions that are a little bit cheaper, and, or you could have only only have sessions scheduled on certain days. That's all up to you. I'm just curious how much you'd have to to make. For you so to here's the th here's the thing that's different. Designing a game for people you like and friends is very different than designing games for strangers and running those games for strangers. So I'm thinking that my number is is higher than you would normally think even though it's my number one hobby and I would love to run a game I'm going to stick with a pretty low number by some of you probably 60k a year and I would quit my current job and just run DM just DM yeah it's a pretty low number Josh it's a, yeah it's a it's lot to just it's more than GM. I make now <laughs> wow I think I think that yeah, that'd be good. I wouldn't even be sacrificing to do it at that at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but you do have to remember that that professional GMing likely doesn't come with benefits or retirement or well, that's insurance. What, right. Well, so. coupled coupled with because you would be self-employed, uh, coupled with I need a job that I can like that makes enough that I could support not just myself in a theoretical future. So. Gotta Josh, you don't have to worry about it. If you're a professional GM, you'll be single for the rest of your life. <laughs> That's possibly true. <laughs> There's like some professional GM that we have that listens to our podcast that's married that's no longer going to listen after that comment. Sarah, Probably. I've scared them off. I'm mad now. Hey, if you are a professional GM and happily married with a family, like let us know because that's unusual. That's a good for you. What uh, what would your number be, Jace? How much would somebody have to pay you to stop your current job working on printers? So I don't think it would be as high as 60K a year. Um, I'd probably go closer to like in the 30 to 40 range. I would I would do thirty or forty now, but I'm assuming if I'm making a career out of it, I would want to the number to yeah. be a bit higher. But like in my theoretical future, I don't have any kids or a family, so I don't have to worry <laughs> about me. saving for that stuff. 
You still have family. No, fam- no family. Nope, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. He's already killed you. Not exactly what I meant. But... <laughs> the theoretical future. Well, I have no you family. might find when you try to come back tomorrow that the door is oh. locked and all your stuff's thrown out in the driveway. I simply meant that I would not be married and have kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you said, though. Yeah, no, I heard what said, you said. No family. Um, no, yeah. no so family. I, I wouldn't have to worry about making extra beyond that. Uh, so I think I don't. I don't think I'd have to go as high as sixty. What about you, Justin? Justin said he'd be high, so I'm thinking like a hundred k. Probably, yeah, at six least six figures. figures. Six figure. Six figure. Yeah, probably. Because, like, I mean, I'd take a pay cut, but like, I wouldn't want to take that much of a pay cut. So it'd still be pretty high up there like it would still have to like like i understand like it sounds easier to do that but like i'm assuming you don't have a choice of the people that you're dming for like you you don't have any choice in that matter so you're still having to deal with a lot of people that you don't know all the time so it's functionally the same as my current job so i'd want it to be in the six-figure neighborhood i mean you you'd probably have some control over it like if you wouldn't you wouldn't know who these people are at the first time, but after a couple of sessions, if there were some that you just were like bad, I mean, you'd have full reign over saying, "Hey, don't come to my games anymore," or yeah, or it just start how different regularly groups. you're doing are stuff. You reputation too. based. I'm sorry, we're going in the weeds here. Like, I, I, for a hypothetical, like if you're reputation based and you need to have a good reputation in order to well, get more clientele, that, that goes then... both ways though, is because you might have a reputation of you only run for people who are worth playing with. Ooh, oh, you're, so you're a you're a high yeah, class. You, you could high class. It sounds like it sounds like that's elitist. what you're going for. You're going so, for the upper market. Yeah, yeah. you're like an elitist club. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I only GM for celebrities. Yeah, it's like it's, I don't know if like celebrities a, would be good to if play you're with. Not all Jake the time. Gyllenhaal, get out of my DM. <laughs> there's like the, right. there's like this eight page uh, application and interview process for you even to get like approved, right. and then thereafter like. All of your character sheets have to be fully vetted. <laughs> All of your, like, everything is involved process. Like going to a LARP convention. Like, hey, your costume has to be, you know, setting accurate. So they're checking the, what paints you use. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, Justin, I expect your games to be phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Like, the best. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I think I'd have to take lower then, because you're going to be sorely disappointed. <laughs> we have yet to find out, so you GM for us, and then soon we'll as tell you. Ready, you out, we are good to go. Okay? Mm. Soon as you're ready. <laughs> Co-DM it. Co-DM it with Brandon. It'll be fine. That sounds, that sounds fun. Yeah. What about Sarah and Brandon? Is there a price, or would you just wouldn't do it? Oh, I have a lot of anxiety with GMing, <laughs> and I don't know if if that would be worth money. <laughs> like, I I enjoy doing it for like my friends, but to try to do it for strangers, I just don't know if it would be worth what it would do to my mental health. <laughs> well, the dynamics completely change too, though. Everything becomes performative. You mm. are immediately, like, more so than normal. Not just do you have to guarantee that they have fun, you have to sacrifice all parts of the game that are fun to you so mm-hmm. they have a good time. You might compromise on the rules more often than you're inclined to do. Uh, you might 
notice that this is a beer and pretzels table and so run that style of game even if you would prefer to run a more serious rp game you've got to respond to the table that you're given and that in some ways takes the fun out of a good dm a good group you know yeah and, and as my rise of the rune lords players will attest there's a lot of things that i don't like as a gm <laughs> and i don't think anybody would put up with that and pay yeah. me to do yeah it. Yeah, it like, <laughs> I would not pay somebody to tell me, no, you cast Grease again. <laughs> I hate Grease. <laughs> I like, hate I Entangle. I want somebody I'm paying to be like, yeah, you cast Grease the 70th time, and the monster trips and falls. <laughs> I was and he's just stuck telling, forever. <laughs> I was telling Jason today that I hate crit builds. <laughs> my list of, like, hates is a lot longer than my list of likes. Yeah, so I probably wouldn't wouldn't subject somebody to that. I doubt that many people would pay to have me GM anyway. Uh, too funny. How about you, Brandon? You've last one, you, and then we can start playing. You've GM'd some one shots that I've been in, but other than that, uh, not a whole lot. No, so I uh, I mean I did D and D back in the day with some of my friends, but that was more yeah the beer and pretzels as Joss put it kind of thing where you just you just having fun and just let it fly by and the rules don't need to make sense as long as you're having a blast but i don't know if i could make it as a career but maybe as a little side hustle job or something you know just a little extra yeah. you know a little extra six figures on the side no biggie yeah no biggie on the side on the side walking around money yeah. Uh, just, you know, in case I wanted to, you know, do something cool someday, I would just have it, you know. Six <laughs> figures. Yeah, I mean, I would totally GM professionally for six figures. I would definitely do that. Anyways. Um, last session was a interesting one. A lot, a lot happened. Um... Josh, since you were the most impacted by the session, why don't you, from your perspective, tell us what what happened last session? Oh, just That's cold. Just like from the beginning, because uh, uh, my memory is pretty clouded towards the very end of the <laughs> session. That's that tends to be what I focus most of my weekly attention on so far. <laughs> I uh, killed a dragon. Yeah, yeah. You did. Mm -hmm. All so, by myself. Soloed it basically. Soloed it. <laughs> with, three with the, uh, the the bait, the bait I'm tell the story. Okay. I'm to tell the story. It reminds it me of a certain wizard that took credit for killing somebody with a magic missile. Doesn't remind you of anything. Listen to this. All right. So we just start. trying to get the girl. Didn't work, but you know. First, we uh, relocate the uh, surviving rangers that we found underneath the uh, tower keep. Bring them over to here with the uh, Aubryn and the rest. We talk with Cobb. We strategize a plan. We say, hey, get out of here. Go someplace safe. We're going to take care of the dragon. Sirio agrees to team up with us, not finding it within himself to avoid a good fight. Perhaps resigned to death or what have you. We continue into the tower on the second floor yes yes we run into a chimera and the bargast it was called? a manticore wasn't it 
Yeah, it was totally a manticore. No, um, one person called it a manticore, but it was in fact always a three-headed chimera. Uh, the head of a dragon, a lion, and a goat. Rams? Yep. Ram. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, anyhow, so we quickly dispatched uh, both of them and the bar guest from earlier, which had disappeared into thin air last time we had fought it. Um, defeating them. We slowly walk past, and we find uh, where Jang and the cougar, <laughs> the cougar and her pet tiger, were. <laughs> we go in, and we find the uh, battle plans of the Iron Fang Legion, and we learn that they have expanded rapidly in a month's time, controlling allegedly, now... Allegedly. Allegedly controlling half of Nirmathis, nearly, all the way down to the southern borders of Kragadan, uh, uh, encroaching on the city there, all the way past the northern side of Longshadow. Huge expanse across the plains under supposed uh, legion control. With uh, conviction in their hearts, the heroes continued as soon as they put their foot on the step to the final floor the dragon roared out in a hilarious voice depending if the voice mod was on or not <laughs> or an incredibly intimidating voice depending uh, I, I loved that i, I went to listen because I, I couldn't hear oh. it when i was doing it so i was like oh i'll listen to the recording to see what it sounded like and it was just me again and i was like hold up that's not right they were reacting like it was working correctly <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for those of you who don't know, we, we realized that on the one, one version uh, of the podcast, the audio did not get the voice mod in correctly, <laughs> so we had to fix that. But when we finally got up there, we found the dragon. Aiden steps first into the room after saying he's going to reap the dragon's soul. A sling of arrows go out. It's a mirage. Quickly, he steps further into the room, notices where the true dragon lies, and three other arrows find purchase. The rest of the crew comes up. Aiden takes one more five-foot step, despite being surrounded by little dragon things. Takes full round action, deals 93 hit points of damage in a single round. Enough to significantly hurt the dragon, but enough also to raise its attention. Very next turn, the dragon issues a command. All of his minions and he himself come. Yo, Aiden. And he falls. Thereafter, the party has recently recovered from the rebel. Frampton is, in fact, able to deal the final blow. We find our adventurers now coming to the center of the courtyard, carrying Aiden's body in tow. Oh, we no, we dumped it off the side of the tower, actually. Yes, they, <laughs> went, they went into the, into the privy in the tower. Just... just down on those kidding holes. for those they... listening Frampton wrote at least Frampton will continue to do damage with the party yes without a DPS <laughs> the whole party is ruined the whole party dynamics what will you do without him but uh, yeah so then after dumping Aiden's body off the side of the tower having it flush <laughs> 50 then another 20 feet into the ravine below where it splits 
uh, and is and it gets eaten fed, by the uh, little yeah, horse, the horse, horse thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Concluding that, the adventurers say, "Thank God that guy's gone." What an annoying voice! Now <laughs> real character in the party, and uh, they say, "You know what? Uh, be gone with him, and let's go." You know what? We don't even need to tell the people at Miss Home. Let's just go to Long Shadow. And that's exactly what's going to happen. So we actually pick up on the adventuring party's way to Long Shadow. Uh, yeah. We set yeah. this place on fire and just walked away. Like... Burned it to the ground. <laughs> we have also decided we no longer care about the people of Feindar. We hate them now. Yeah. So, Mirmathos! And... Nah. Nah. And seeing oh. that the party is now evil, Josh's backup character will be Jang. That's right. <laughs> Little did you know. No, just the cougar. I was the cougar. Very good. The cougar. So, Quite the yeah. recap. Yeah, yes, right? we do start up in the center of the courtyard of Fort Trevally. You have Iden's body there. and What exactly is your plan here? Are you going to do a funeral right now in Fort Trevally, or are you going to uh, start making your way back to Mist Home and bring him alongside and, and bury him there? What's uh, what's going on? Are you guys having a conversation, or is it silent? Uh, I would guys... assume silent, but uh, just me asking, isn't... Because wouldn't the body start decaying or not smelling good? I mean, for how long it would have to us to travel to Mist Home and literally carry a body with us? Yeah. Uh, it would take you probably five days to get there. Oof. But, like, honestly, they they left not that long ago. If we were to hurry, would we be able to catch up to this group that's traveling through the Fingwood? You could totally catch up to them, yeah. They left, just like... running through a forest with a dead body. They <laughs> left, like, an hour or two ago at most. So they're... Not too far away. You could definitely catch up to them by the end of today, at least, if you were to. Actually, it looks hustle. like Auburn's still in the barracks. No, oh, yeah, yeah, they didn't leave yet. Yeah, they didn't get out. Yeah, they're still there. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, my thoughts as a player is that we would probably, you know, figure out to do something with the funeral, but then want to check up to see, you know, what's in the Dragon Tower, I guess. See if I, I dropped any belongings up there that. So we're going to go do the funeral first and then come back? See, I'm thinking that because Aiden was close with Auburn, I feel like she should be present at the funeral. So I was thinking if there was any way to hurry and find them and, you know, now that the fort is safe, maybe bring them back here. And then yeah. later we can go to Mist Home and start bringing the rest of the people with us instead of... You know, they they go all the way back there just to turn around. Because I'm thinking the four is probably our best bet to, like, build a settlement because it's highly defensible. So we're bringing the people from Mist Home to... I think so. I mean, it's more defensible than the caves are. Are we just going to put a big sign here that says, do not enter? <laughs> and the also, love of God, do, do not do enter. Not, do not look in the water either. <laughs> also, do not look in the water. It's creepy. Yeah, like, we might have to take care of that. But, like, if you think about it, there's, what, 12, 14 rangers that, you know, once they get back to full health, like, they're still rangers, so they would provide a defense, and it's more comfortable than the caves would be, I think. 
I mean, I guess my thoughts are if, let's say, we had slayed the dragon and I didn't die, would we still have rushed out to get them and have them come back? If so, what would what was really, I guess, the point of us sending them back to Miss Home anyway? Because we thought we were going to die. Fear of failure. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, I guess why wouldn't we have just said, hey, why don't you just go chill out in the woods, but just wait. And if you don't hear from us in a few hours, then head to Mist Home versus. Because the dragon could have gone after them, so it was kind of like you gotta hurry and. If see we could catch up to them, the dragon would have. That's fair. Right, I understand that, but like, I I still don't see why now that we won, we wouldn't just bring them back here. Like, why subject them to the dangers of the forest if you know we decide on just bringing everybody back here anyway? It's going to be harder with. The extra like 15 16 people and then if they were just here but if you guys like that's what kieran would say but if you guys don't want to do it he's not going to go off and do it himself so listen there are no shrieking mushrooms here this fort is trash okay <laughs> i'm sure there's something growing in this greenhouse that we oh, I, think, I think we burned it though if there's if there's no shrieking mushroom to alert us to danger this fort is trash um, yeah, no, I agree. I kind of agree with Kieran's line of thinking that we like should run and get them. I don't see a problem with moving everybody here. It does make, I guess it does kind of make sense. But at the same token, like clearly the Legion knows that this is he. Well, but they know the cave is there too. Yeah. yeah. And you also know that pretty much <clears throat> the fair. only reason that Fort Trevali fell is because they had a dragon. Um, from a ground assault, Fort Trevally is actually very defensible because they can collapse these uh, yeah. bridges and they're and they're pretty and they have walls and everything. It's just that the dragon showed up and just wreaked havoc. But his lady dragon might show up. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I doubt that would happen. But yeah, what's to say that she wouldn't? And supposedly she's a bigger dragon. She didn't seem all that impressed with him. So she didn't like dragons. If I know anything about dragons, they're not. They're not like she was, out she for was revenge. Usually, they're very like solitary. Yeah, if I know anything they're... about the mating rituals of dragons, <laughs> listen, I've got a journal of information that you know. Don't ask certain questions because <laughs> it might say, be in the journal. You, what have you been writing? There may be diagrams. Don't ask questions. Diagrams. You don't, ask <laughs> don't ask questions. Yep, you don't want yep. to answer to. Ask stupid questions, get stupid answers. Nope, gonna nope. mind my business. What are we doing with this dead body? Yeah, I just think it's it's hard because like the caves already had an attack by owl bears, and if anything worse mobilizes, I don't know. I feel like the the fort is a better better place to be. But well, yeah, if we're gonna bring them back here, should probably one of us should go try to run clean and grab out them. the with the wraith too, or just say don't go in there. Lean towards the big sign that says "Don't go in there." Right. <laughs> like, I know that's a risk, but hear me out. I got just some. for any potential enemies that come in, just write "loot horde." Don't yeah. don't enter. <laughs> just wait for some enemies just to like stroll on in. Yeah, Bring it I up mean, so the door shuts behind them. I think we'll have to take care of that eventually, but for now, it seemed tethered to that room, so it doesn't pose a threat unless people go in there i guess you know I, I would talk in character but out of character if you guys feel the need to go and get the rangers and stuff and come back jessa probably wouldn't want to leave Aiden's body right now if you would if you guys wanted to run out grab him come back yeah so Jason, Serio, what 
what do you think, Syria? What is your what's your thoughts on this being a rager at all? Do you feel we should hold up here or you've been to Mist Home? Do you feel like we should we should go back to Mist Home? Honestly, I'd say that uh if you're going to be making a more permanent place to stay, the fort's probably a far better place. I mean, Mist Home is nice and all, but you know, it's getting a bit crowded. And you've already got another 14 people heading there. I don't know how much more you're going to be able to accommodate if you have too many there at once. Getting close to 60 people in that cave is... You're getting a bit crowded. There's a lot more room here. There's walls. Uh, there's a, a lot better access to food and water. And plus this is a, an area that the rangers are more familiar with. Multiple escape routes as well. They can't just bar the cave tunnel and starve us out. We've got multiple different ways that we could be leaving this place if we were to be assaulted. Do you feel like we should take care of that thing down in that room? That that specter? Do you feel like we should clear that out before we bring him back? Clear it not... out at some point, but at this point in time it doesn't look like it's a too big a deal. I think the rangers are smart enough to not go into a room that has a ghost in there if you tell them that's what's in there. Well, that's my play at least. There's already a bunch of pigs and cows here for food if we need it. Uh, there's some food in the garden. I, I don't really see why we should go all the way back to Mist Home when this might be a better place to, to make a more permanent settlement. I'd feel better leaving the people here than at the caves if we do head north. Sirio nods. He says, well, uh, if, that's the, if that's the plan, uh, who's going to go sending off the message? He kind of taps his, his wooden peg leg and he says, I'm a great runner. I'd get there in no time. I've got a trick up my sleeve. I, I might be able to get there a little bit faster. I, I'd i be willing to go. Not 100% sure. Not quite as good at tracking as Aijin was, but I can do my best. I imagine this conversation is happening a little bit off to the side. Because um, mm -hmm. Sirio would maintain his dark humor but he would be sensitive of the fact that he probably shouldn't do it next to Jessup right now. Um, but yeah, Sirio is of, of the same mind of, he thinks it would be best to uh, hold up in the fort here. And if somebody can go get the others, then that might be the best way to do it. All right. Well, if worse comes to worse, I can make myself invisible if I get into a spot of trouble. So I'll, I'll head out and see how far I can get. Uh, with that many people, they probably left pretty decent tracks. It's only been a couple hours, so uh, I might have some luck following them and try to bring them back as quickly as I can, and then we can figure out from there how to get the rest of the people from Mist Home here. Uh, I do think that Auburn's going to want to be around for any sort of thing for Aiden, so I feel it's important to at least bring her back. So with that, Kieran will, um, if he's the only one going, he will go to the edge of the forest. Uh-huh. And he will 
cast fly on himself. Okay. And he will move a little bit faster, but probably in the thing would not like it's marginally faster. Mm -hmm. Um, But he'll do that for the first few minutes just to get a little bit of a head start. If only you had expeditious retreat. I do. What? Actually, I could do that instead. Take that back. Expeditious (laughs) retreat. Oh, shoot. I'm still whispering. Uh, Good. You whispered me the expeditious (laughs) retreat spell. (laughs) Expeditious retreat. Yeah. So that actually will. Well, it it would be the same. My fly speed is still 60 feet, but. Yeah. But if you're on foot, you could also hustle. Yeah. So I can. I've got a few castings of that. So I would. um, That will last for seven minutes. So I'll just do that and try to get there a little bit faster as I hustle through the forest. Okay. Uh, and then I, if I, if worse comes to worse, I still have some invisibility I can cast just to stay. And I've I can also do dark vision if that makes a difference just to make it easier to catch up to them. Okay. Um yeah, so you would basically I think be moving at close to maybe 12 or so miles per hour um hustling after them, which means you would catch them pretty much within an hour or two. You'd catch them before they got much more than four, four uh, hours out, um, okay. which means you could probably begin to lead them back, um, and get here by like nightfall. It would be pretty late. It'd be like eleven to twelve, but you could get here by midnight today. Okay, that will be what he will do, and um, on the way back he can also give some people dark vision just to um, help make travel a little bit better. As Kieran is gone, it's uh, maybe a couple minutes pass. Do Framden and Jessup do anything in particular? Uh, Jessup would probably take Aiden's body and you know just place it in a bed and then I guess try to look around to find a place that we can bury him. Okay. Yeah, and Frampton would help try and find a... I, I don't know where. Place. Yeah. I don't really... The garden would be awkward, I think. Especially if they try to grow. I was just going to ask them, like, do rangers bury or burn? I mean, know? honestly, if you think about it, in a world where undead exists, like, it's not outside the realm of possibility for people to burn their dead over burying, but... That's true. Yeah, I mean, undead... Undead can come back almost no matter what you do, almost. Um, oh, really? Okay. But it probably a, is or... less likely if you burn them, because you can't yeah. just yeah. do like a mundane animate dead on. Is that. there a typical way that they do uh, for the wardens? I mean, they go to bury them. I mean, we know obviously they put the two in coffins. That's for well, under easy, easy. Iden's a warden now. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> He leveled up too, even though he did. His, cor- his corpse leveled Ooh. up. Um, yeah, I think that it could probably go either way, depending on the situation. Because um, if you had a, a large detachment of rangers that all died in in a single battle, depending on if you were pressed for time, you might bury all of them or you might burn them all. Uh, I think it all depends on the situation. I don't think there's any one way that they would do traditionally. Uh, at least I don't think anything is mentioned of that sort. Um, I think it's thematic to do it either way because 
burying him like you're burying him in the fang wood which is you know what he fought to protect but also like burning if you were to burn and then like spread his ashes like at the top of the tower so that his ashes are spread in the fang wood i think either way it kind of is thematic and returning him to the the land and the country that he was protecting and i would say that uh jessup and frampton you guys maybe go into the barracks, lay him on one of the beds, and then you exit the barracks to begin looking around. And as you leave, you see coming out of the adjacent building uh, is Jang and Ruani. And she kind of looks over at, at all of you, or both of you, and I guess Sirio's out there probably leaning up against the tower just waiting and she quietly just kind of looks around and says looks like you're missing some of your members right well uh yeah i'm missing one or two uh, not really a concern though i did say that i didn't expect you to survive though it looks like you did do better than I expected I thought that you were all going to die in there no just the just the bravest of us did you don't see any emotion on her face uh, she doesn't seem to care about the entire situation but she responds well I suppose it might be best for me to leave then at some point I know that you're probably weakened enough that I could finish you off if I needed to but I think perhaps I'm done with this area sounds like you might be bringing more people here anyways so this wouldn't be a very fun place to stay for too much longer right well I, I do have a quick question um, the the map up in your room where we first interacted with you, uh, how accurate is that map, would you say? Oh, it's, um, as far as the commander was concerned, it was fairly accurate up to, oh, I don't know, maybe a week ago, something like that. Um, I was not the one moving their detachments around or anything like that. I technically had a higher rank, but as I was not a member of the Legion, I didn't truly care about that side of things. I left I left all of the mundane uh, troop movements to Aigara, who is dead now. Uh, so, as far as I know, it was fairly accurate, but I, I didn't pay much attention to anything other than the dragon's movements. Right. Well, they seem to have made quite a bit of progress in the short time that they've invaded Nirmathas. Yes, it would appear so. It would seem that the Nirmathi are not as formidable as they like to think themselves. But, anyways... I just wanted to say 
that I'll be leaving here, but... And she would come up to you, Jessup, and she would pull out a dagger and hand it over to you and says, The boy had given this to me. Looks like I won't be returning it to him anytime soon, so I'll leave it with you instead. I plan on heading up north, and with luck, we will never see each other again. Just so kind of outreaches, takes the dagger. Thank you. She turns, doesn't really respond much. Again, doesn't look like she's showing any actual emotion. It's kind of just like a, I'm leaving now expression as she and Ruani turn to leave through the northern bridge up that way you can see that she has a bag slung over her shoulder probably any reagents or belongings that she might have had if any so what what was that dagger just a regular dagger? That's, uh, I don't know exactly what the dagger w- was mechanically, but that was a dagger that uh, I believe another character, Theros, who started the campaign, had gifted Aiden, um, and Aiden had left there because it had sentimental value to him, and he left it as like a promise to Jang as his word, and she's like, I don't want this if he's dead, so she's just giving it back to you. But it was a... A gift from a friend of Aiden's, basically. Plus one. But Jessup has no idea about that, so it's just a plus one dagger? Yes. This is trash, and he throws it on the ground. (laughs) Throw it on the ground. Not a part of this. Lands in Aiden's corpse. (laughs) I'm an adult. Unlike (laughs) Aiden. Who's dead? I'm not Who's part dead? of this. Yeah, if if Frampton and Jessup were to spend a little bit of time looking around the area, you would determine that the the courtyard of the fort itself would not be a good place because the stone is a lot harder there. But there are several areas nearby in the forest that you could make a a fairly decent memorial and grave. If you so desired. Yeah, I think Jessup probably would go over to this spot to see if he could bury him, because that's that's the place where we came in twice. Mm-hmm. So Jessup would think that that's the place we started our adventure into Fort Travale, and that's where it will end for Aiden. Yep. Uh, if you go out through that uh, over that bridge, or actually, I think. That bridge was never collapsed, so that one is currently intact, yes. So, you go over that bridge, you could probably, within 60 to 70 feet down that trail, find a fairly decent spot that uh, you could bury him along that trail, so anybody who is entering the fort would see it, at the very least. Do you just, like, take note of it, or are you, like, spending the time, like, digging right now like what's is Jessup does he need something to do to cope with this or what's going on in his head there I think he would um, yeah take his time looking around finding it he's gonna be going like really slow you know slow pace mopey not really talking too much which is definitely not like him 
not really even talking to himself, just kind of walking around. I, I would say that he probably would start digging. He wouldn't bury him until obviously like Kieran came back either way, potentially, but he'd start digging a spot. Right. Okay. Um, is there anything special that you want to do, Frampton, or should we... No, he'd probably help him dig. Okay. The two, interestingly enough, perhaps the two most upbeat and talkative of the group there, I imagine, in silence. Yeah, not talking a lot. Very, a very solemn moment for the two that uh, are usually the the most upbeat and comical. Um, you guys are digging there and... A couple of hours go by. Eventually, it does start to get a little dark. So you probably stop for the night. You've made decent progress. And you return to the fort. And another hour or two later, you begin to hear sounds outside as Kieran returns with uh, Aubryn and the other rangers. And all of you can kind of congregate in the uh, barracks I suppose um, so Kieran would you uh, when you got up to the group would you just say we won come back or would you spill the beans I would have told uh, um, Auburn, Auburn definitely and I forget his name Cobb Cobb yes I would Poor have Cobb. probably pulled them aside Poor and just Cobb. said that we we were able to defeat the dragon but it was at a cost, and Iden fell. Um, not going into like too much specific, but just kind of breaking that so it's not. As soon as they come in, they see his body, and it's a huge shock. He wants to make sure that they're aware and that it's safe to come back, and that we'll have to discuss among the group what's going to happen now because we had found some developments. And he probably, you know, since it's a couple hours to get back. Probably would have talked with Cobb primarily about the things that they saw in that room, the maps, trying to keep it under wraps, not, you know, speaking loudly for everyone to hear, but just kind of giving him a brief on, you know, the situation and how it's a bit worse than what we had anticipated. Yeah. Uh, upon that initial information, I think you would see that um, Cobb doesn't really appear sad because he had only just met Aiden but you do see a hint of anger and he he would probably respond something like it's a great shame he seemed like he was a promising young lad we've lost too many promising young, young lads in the past few weeks it's got to end at some point and then if you went into more detail about the troop movements and whatnot, he would get progressively more um, I guess progressively more angry at the situation he'd, he'd probably start saying things like sounds like their attack on us was just a diversion sounds like all of my men died for a diversion and you can tell that he's his coping mechanism perhaps is just kind of anger like he's the type that you think he's probably going to if he had the opportunity he would he would go out on a vendetta type thing mm. for all of the 
the the men and the women that have died under his command which it's one thing to to know that your men died in an attack and another to know that they died so that a bigger attack could happen and it was just a diversion like that part is probably what hits him the most Aubryn I would think you could see that I don't know what your sense motive is but she does her best to remain as as stoic as possible but she knew Aiden for a long time much of what he knew was taught by her and you can tell that despite her best efforts it hit her pretty hard uh she as you're going on about all the details about troop movements and all that she kind of slows down and purposefully distances herself from the rest of the group not not too far away but she just gets a little bit further behind she's she's not taking part in the conversation as much as Cobb might be and eventually you do come back to the barracks and Auburn pretty much immediately walks over to where Aiden has been laid and you can see her just kind of like place a hand on his shoulder and she starts whispering some some words and you would be able to tell that she attempts to cast a cure spell on him but it obviously doesn't work and you can also tell that she absolutely didn't expect it to work either mm. and if you are keen-eyed enough you could probably see that she does start to tear up a bit but she nonetheless does her best to maintain composure but uh it's kind of fraying at the seams kind of a situation with her yeah when they get back kieran will take a seat at this table and he's pretty exhausted from you know hastily trying to catch up to them just to you know turn around and walk all the way back plus he's covered in dirt and grime and blood dried blood and he's still pretty decently down on hit points so he's still got you know remnants of the uh the acid that took a big chunk of his health so he's got some blistered skin and he just sits down and I guess we all kind of gather and he kind of leans back and closes his eyes and just kind of waits for someone else to take the lead on, you know, the next steps, I guess. Yeah. By the time you get back, it is close to midnight. Um, you're probably pretty exhausted from having hustled after the, uh, the group and then walked all the way back as well. Um, I think, I don't think that Aubryn or Sirio or Cobb would approach any of you that night. Um, I think everybody is probably, especially Aubryn and Sirio perhaps, everybody is physically, mentally, and emotionally fairly spent. And I imagine that everybody just kind of wants to rest 
again and leave some matters to the morning. So I don't know, do the three of you do anything special or do you just kind of set up watches and wait until the morning? Probably just set would, up watches for me. I'm... Yeah, Kieran would touch base with Jessup and Frampton just to see what they did while he was gone. If they did any looking around the fort, um, if they found any new information. But he's kind of of the mind that, you know, it's not super important to do to deal with tonight. It's been a really long day. And um, as long as everything seems to be in order, then probably we would just rest and we can go over things in the morning. Um, just would, uh, yeah, we uh, f- found a found a nice spot that uh, we can be hiding to rest. Um, I'm sorry, Kieran. I haven't really done too much here around the fort. Just uh, kind of sitting here and you know, kind of scribbling down some some notes. Just some things I, I plan to say um, when we bury him tomorrow. Is there any sort of customs that the rangers do when burying? Not any more than a normal person passing. I mean, morbid to say, but uh, at least at least in this fight we have an opportunity to reclaim his body and give him a proper burial. That's more than what can probably be said to quite a few rangers. Yeah, unfortunately, I've seen I've seen young men die and never get a chance to come back to their families, so it's good that he's got you around, Jessup. Yeah. Yep, he does. Kind of goes back to writing in the diary. Of course, you can probably see the scene where he's like looking down, scribbling notes, and the tear falls and hits the wet paper. That's what he just kind of goes back to doing. Okay. The night passes this time uneventfully. Uh, No other creatures burst through doors or anything like that. Uh, In fact, it's almost eerily quiet. And the next morning comes and it's seven or eight in the morning. People start to wake up. Fairly groggily, at this point, the rangers who were rescued have had two nights of rest, so they're feeling better. Uh, Many of them are still not at tip-top, at least not mentally, but they're recovering to the point where they can can go around on their own. They can do things there. For all intents and purposes, they're they're good to go. Um, Is there anything specific that the three of you do in the morning, or... If not, Syria would probably come up to Kieran and Frampton, probably. I think he he might leave Jessup uh, to be on his own for a little bit. But Yeah, Jessup probably would just still be kind of writing stuff down. He um, probably didn't sleep overly well. Enough, enough mechanically so he's not fatigued, but didn't sleep well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, yeah. I don't want a status condition today. 
Like, you know, he got maybe just eight hours, like right on the cusp. I could I could think of a few, you know, shaken could apply, uh, fatigued could apply. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we probably could do a few of those. Yep. I think Kieran would probably go back up to the third uh, third story of the tower early in the morning okay. um, to the that's very top. What, that's actually what Sirio was going to approach you and Frampton about. Oh, I he can was, wait then. He was going to come yeah. up to you guys and uh, you know, unless Frampton went somewhere else, he was going to catch both of you guys in the morning and say, look, I, uh, I know that we had a bit of a rough time yesterday. I think I'll leave Jessup to uh, get his thoughts together, but I figured that some of us might need to go back up there and check around. Just, you know, make sure things are in order. We left there pretty quick. I agree. I I wanted to go up last night, but I don't know if my legs would have taken me up the stairs. I feel a, a bit better this morning, so I'd like to check it out just to see what what was up there. If there's anything that might help us. But I think you're right. I, I'm not sure Jessup's ready to, to handle that right now. I think he might need some time on his own. Yeah, Oh, sorry. Yeah, if you guys leave, Jessup is gonna. He's just gonna probably drag one of the chairs. He'll he'll like sit up next to where Aiden is and just kind of still write notes. And he'd actually be talking to Aiden, like carrying, trying to carry on a conversation with him, just talking about rangers and just all this other stuff. Maybe tell him some stories, ranger stories. Just reminiscing. Yep. So. um just if you could go there and, and you'd be doing that and I think I think Auburn would have been there as well but I think if you start to like do that she would probably respectfully like kind of like nod in your direction and get up and and give you time alone with him uh, unless you stopped her um, and going to the previous conversation Syria would probably just look over to Frampton and he'd say you uh, coming up with us, or you'd rather stay down here with the others? Right, well, death doesn't exactly sit well with me, so I think I'd prefer to go upstairs with you guys. <laughs> to where there's other dead things. Well, I killed those things. That's, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Kieran and Frampton and Sirio all go up to the uh, top floor. Jump. And uh, you guys are looking around. Go ahead and roll perception checks. You got it. Is this water? Is it, it was, is it still? Is there still water there? Yeah, it's 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 coming out of the uh, a spot on the wall, just perpetually. There's like a where's waterfall. It, where's it coming from? Uh, if you look in that direction, it it's like it's like coming out of a hole in the wall. Yeah, but like from the wall, where where is, is it? I'm assuming from? it's magical. Do they have right indoor now. plumbing here? Did it spring if, a leak? If you detect magic, you could pipes? you could detect that the source of the water is indeed magical. Really? Okay. Is it like a knowledge arcana to roll on what uh, is happening here, or this spellcraft? Is a, this is a spell that is in place. I feel like that's arcana. 
I think I'm going to roll so. it. It's the same check anyway. Um, so I so frantic or a, identify a spell effect that is in place is an arcana. Yes. Yeah. So my my perception is a ooh, natural 19 for a 24, and then my knowledge arcana is a 15 for a 26. Okay. With a 26, you are able to identify. This is a uh, a create water spell that has been made permanent. Oh, okay. Um, so with that, that is what's making this swamp, essentially. Okay. Um, so coming out of the wall, I can assume, is like clean water because that's... Okay, so he's going to... Um, like use it, splash it on his face, and kind of run it through his hair. It's acid. Um, yeah, acid. Um, just to kind of clean up a little bit, and then he will cast his spell. So it's kind of redundant, but he did a little bit of mundane cleaning before he used his okay. fastidiousness spell. Okay. And then he'll turn to Frampton and Sirio and say, "Thought it was a bit weird up here. Didn't have much time to look at it, but." I wondered how the water was constantly coming down the stairs. It's it's a spell. They've made it a permanent create water spell here. So I don't know if this was something the rangers did to provide drinking water and water to clean with, but it's fresh if you're thirsty. I uh, highly doubt that it was something the rangers did. We don't we don't tend to start making waterfalls in the middle of our our towers here. <laughs> the weird strategic location to put it. Yeah, the top, the top floor of a tower probably would be the, not a good spot. I don't know. They could have had plumbing pipes that go. The down. just wanted water slides to go down. The <laughs> yeah. Um, with your perception checks at twenty four, and then with a canny observer at twenty three, uh, you would find quite a bit of stuff up here. You would see that. In the bottom of this shallow pool, there's like a, a flickering of light. Like there's something down there. Coins of sorts, perhaps. Chinese! If you... And be prepared to write, to write some stuff down. Um, I'm ready. If you spend some time searching through the bottom of this pool, you will find 232 copper pieces. Okay. 2,114 silver pieces. Okay. 2,128 gold pieces. Okay. A, a plus one shock bastard sword. Aiden would have liked that. Do you want to be buried with it, Aiden? It's another weapon. You know, I know how you worry about your weapons. Uh, there is a plus one light crossbow. There is a belt that you can identify. The weapons I'll give you because I forgot to, uh, to identify <laughs> checks. The belt you can roll on, though. Kieran, do retroactive two spellcraft checks. Yeah, all right. Well, let's just say weapon, weapon, belt. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Fantastic. <laughs> so, so for all you, you listening, I rolled a 21, 22, and then a natural one. I doubt the 22 would have gotten it anyway maybe i don't so, know um yeah the 21 and 22 would have worked on the belt but you identify the sword and the crossbow but you it's are unable just, to identify the belt at this present just, moment 
bad luck. Um, you do also find a potion that you can identify. Oh, no. You find three potions. Uh, two of them are the same. So you can make two more checks. Two potions, one potion. This will go well. So do the single and the double. Yeah, he kind of curses under his breath and he said, I knew I should have picked up that spell that Jessup has. Make this a lot easier. Potion. Potion. Okay. Of course. So the single <laughs> so the potion. Four, 14 no. on the sing, or 14, I guess, would have been the two potions because you named them first. And then the 30 would be uh, on the, the I said I said single the, double. The two potions were second. Oh, but, oh okay. That's fine. Yeah, Whatever, so the then. potion of who knows what, you don't know what. Um, oh. But you do find two potions of fly. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh. You also find two wands. <sighs> Cure serious wounds, I bet. Ray's dead. Ray's dead. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't think you can make wands of Ray's dead. No, that'd be crazy. See if you can identify what the wands are. All right. So one wand is an 18. One wand is a 22. Okay. So it's 15 plus the caster level, I believe. Do I yeah, so I'm, not, I'm not sure either of them will make it, but... Because the caster level for these spells, so identifying an item is 15 plus the item's caster level. So the 18 will fail. Okay. So one of the wands you don't know, but the other wand you do recognize is a wand of summon monster 2. It has 22 charges left. Very nice. Okay. You and also find... Identified wand. Okay. And the rest of these are going to be things that will need appraise checks. So the first is a massive black pearl. The ship? Yep. The ship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the whole ship. It's in this pool. <laughs> Man, I wish we now could have a pirate theme on yeah, right? Sirenscape. Uh, uh, I could, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Kieran, are you going to roll appraise on any of these? Or are you going to aid Frampton or... Or are you not going to bother with the appraise part of it? I would I would try to roll or appraise Frampton. Are you Can good you with an, appraise? Do an eight? I don't know. I have seven. I have five, so I could take ten and aid you. Go for okay. it. So 22, you identify that this massive black pearl is most likely worth 650 gold pieces. And gems are full value? Yes. Um, All of these following items are going to be full value. They're going to be trade goods, essentially. Would we say that it weighs like a pound? Uh, this probably weighs, yeah, about a pound. Okay. That's, that's about right. All right. Like a, so massive a pound pearl. pearl. That's a big pearl. That's a huge pearl. Big pearl. It's uh, like a bowling you, ball. You also find a golden manticore statue. You can roll an appraise oh, on that one as well. See, I told you that thing was uh -huh. a manticore. That's <laughs> a one. Uh, I'm not with... even sure that thing's a... With a 10, it's probably worth, like, 40 gold. 21. <laughs> I thought I'm not you aiding. were aiding. I'm, I'm, I'm not aiding. aiding. I'm aiding. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, so best guess, yeah, 40 gold, maybe. 40 gold. Okay. So you that find... would probably be another pound. Uh, That's probably half a pound. Half a pound. Okay. You find a set of six silver dice. Ooh. Ooh. On that. Frampton will like that for his gaming habits. 
Knucklebone! Knucklebone! So, with the aid of 26, uh, these are very, very nice silver dice. The whole set is worth 75 gold pieces. Ooh. Very nice. Very Frampton nice. Do, uh, roll a sleight of hand check to steal those for the party. <laughs> As Kieran's looking at them, ah! he just... Oh, wow. <laughs> Holy crap. Hold on, hold on. Wait for it. Wait for it. Yep, you took it right out of my nope. hands, buddy. <laughs> didn't even didn't even recognize it. <laughs> I turned to I turned to tell Sirio what I found and Sirio got it either. You see Sirio looking over out of the corner of his eye and he kind of smirks, but he doesn't care about <laughs> dice, so That's amazing. <laughs> he has a plus eleven perception. Wow. And he rolled a seventeen, Ooh. so that gets him exactly a twenty eight to notice. Yeah. So Frampton rolled a twenty eight sleight of hand, Kieran rolled a sixteen perception to notice, and then Sirio rolled a twenty eight perception to notice. So Kieran he's like I well, that's weird. I thought. Well, I feel like you go to like drop him into your bag without paying attention, and Frampton just like moves his like, hand over quickly, like, and swipes him, and puts it right in his pocket. Yep, I like that. That's funny. Uh, you also find a gold holy symbol of, uh, if any of you have like any bonus to knowledge no. religion, like even without ranks, like as long as it's not negative, you would be able to identify this as a as a. Uh, gold holy symbol of Abadar. And you can roll in a praise on that. Ooh, interesting. Hey, I spoke to him once. <laughs> With the aid of 19, uh, it's probably worth 80 gold. You also find a silver scepter etched with eagles. You can roll in a praise on that. Ugh. Uh, your money's worth. With I the aid, you get a fourteen. In. It's probably worth fifty gold. I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That's what you think it's worth. <laughs> um, you also find a set of silver wind chimes embossed with writhing serpents. And this is the final appraise check that I will need. Seventeen with an eight and nineteen. Uh, these are worth probably fifty gold. You do also find uh, another thing. It is you find curiously a bent lance that uh, you're kind of looking at it, and it's it's broken and worthless. And if you guys take a moment to look at the corpse of Ibzyriak the dragon, uh, you do see a scar that probably corresponds with this lance. This this broken lance uh, it doesn't look like it's worth anything, but might have been kept for sentimental reasons. And that is all you find in the horde of the dragon. A lot of stuff, really. Yeah. Uh, Look at those really sitting on a treasure trove here. A lot of random items, it looks like. You'd also note, looking around... There's a little alcove in this room. I'm pinging it here on the map. It's on the uh, the northern uh, right side of the room. Just a, just a little like five by five alcove. And you see some very interesting things in there. As you're looking around, you see a large table in this niche. Uh, the rubble has been cleared away from around the table and a collection of scales, stones, and other oddments are arrayed upon the table around a humanoid effigy 
made of rotten twigs. That's a little disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Oh, what? <laughs> There's can... no magic or anything radiating off of that? You don't notice anything magical. Uh, you can attempt a knowledge religion check if you'd like. I can't do it. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, then the three of you are looking at that, and it doesn't mean anything to you. It, you would recognize it probably has some sort of religious... You don't know if it's to an established deity or if it's just some sort of cult thing. Hard hard to say. You, you can't identify anything beyond that. Um, but uh, it's a, a bit of an odd, like a pseudo-shrine going in there. Uh, Kieran, I would say that I'll just give you this for free. Uh, you're looking at the scales here, and you would see uh, the collection includes several large black dragon scales, larger than Ibzyriax scales. They are coated with a thin sheen of mold and a few dead centipedes and small smooth rocks covered with black slime. That's disgusting. Can I clean them off at all? Or to your knowledge, dragon scales do not tend to mold. Uh, Yeah, these ones have. I would take these, but I'm not sure I want them rolling around in my bag. Mm, They look squirmy. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that, so I'll probably leave them here. It's probably for the best. Do you have any idea what this effigy is? Kind of strange for a dragon to have something like this tucked away in a corner. Well, it looks to have a bit of religious significance. We might want to have Auburn take a look at it. True. She might She might know what's going on with it. Sirio, yeah. you, do you have any stock in religion? Do you know anything about? He, he looks at you deadpan and he's like, did you seriously just ask me if I had any stock in religion? <laughs> Listen, I didn't. W- I didn't want to assume. You know, there are deities out there that are doom and gloom, and maybe you fit right in with their congregation. I don't know. No, I, I don't have any stock in religion. I don't think they're worth it at this point. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, maybe we can get Auburn up here. I don't know if Jessup has any. Is any stock in religion, but I think we might need to give him some time before he goes rooting around up here. Okay. Agreed. That is everything that you find in the dragon's hoard. And you guys can go back down and if you do you immediately go and get Auburn or what what are you doing when you get back down? Um See, I don't know. I don't want to be callous about it. Yeah. Because no. they're kind of mourning. So it probably yeah. would wait until after right. we put Aiden to rest before we move on with all the business talk because he doesn't he doesn't want to come across as yeah, not caring. Yeah. Okay. So I think he's gonna he's gonna, you know, poke around a little a few other places. I think we had explored most of the areas on our way up. Um Yes, and I, then I think gonna... you have explored everything except the ghost building. 
See, I want to know what's in there. What what Frampton saw in there. I want to know you so bad. Oh, hey, I we got magic to. weapons now. Yeah, you got a and... magic weapon. You'll be fine. Yeah, but I don't want negative levels. <laughs> what's the worst well, that could happen? Maybe, yeah, we can send the other uh, NPC rangers in as fodder. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Shield us, fools! <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I think... So, again, Kieran... He doesn't want to come across as callous, so he's trying to be very careful about what he says and what he does. Uh, so once we kind of go through the, the stuff up here, he's got a few things that he wants Jessup to look at, but he's going to wait. He's going to hold off, and then he's just going to kind of hang around until collectively we decide it's the time to bury Aiden. Okay. And... What time do you all think that you would do that? Would that be somewhat early in the morning? Maybe an hour or two after everybody wakes up? Or would you wait until like noon? Or I have no idea. I think Jessup would you know, be done with writing his notes and stuff there and, and things. So I would assume by the time that they come down, he would be ready to get it done. Okay. You know, it's... You know, just kind of let's get it done and over with, and hopefully they will then to move on. Okay. In that case, everybody reconvenes at the barracks, and everyone begins to make their preparations. Uh, is Jessup carrying Aiden, or is he going to leave that to Kieran or, or someone to carry him to the destination? Um, he, he probably would maybe even ask Cobb to help him. Okay. That's, you know, two rangers to help carry him out. Yep. The two of you begin to carry uh, Aiden out, and there's a, a procession that kind of follows single file in a way. You're followed by Aubryn, and then probably Kieran, and Frampton, and Sirio, and then one by one the others come out to this spot that you have marked and it's already mostly been dug maybe a, a little bit more time and with the number of people you have it doesn't take long you set it up and you have everything ready and as you begin to lay him in this grave are there any words that are spoken I, I, I envisioned it almost like how you go up and you maybe take a handful of, of dirt and as you throw it into the grave, you maybe give final words. Kieran will step up and he will take a handful of dirt and toss it in, but he also takes uh, a handful of the scales that he had taken from the one fort. Um, I would say he had 10, he probably takes half of those. And he kind of sprinkles them on the grave and he'll step back and say, I didn't know Aiden for very long. It's been only a couple of weeks now, but he was probably one of the most hard-headed people I've ever met. He was stubborn. He was rash. He didn't listen to a word anyone else said. All he talked about was freeing Nirmothus, joining the rangers. 
But there was something about him. There was a charisma to him. Something that drew people in with his talk of freedom. He was also one of the bravest men I've ever met. When he said he would do something, he did it. And while he may not live to see the freeing of Nermothus, what he said has resonated with enough people who will go out and do it. So with that, Aiden, I think you accomplished your mission. You became a ranger. You killed the dragon. And now you can rest. And I'll step back. Who is next? Frampton will hop in for a couple of words. Right, like Kieran said, I, I didn't know Aiden very well. I, I didn't know him for very long either, but he was brave and he did fight for what he thought was right. And there's a there's honor in that, and he 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 managed to live by principles and ideals, which is better than most can say. And Numathus is a sadder place without him. And then he'll step back. Because Jessup will go up next, and so he'll go up dirt in hand, and he go to speak, and like no words come out for a minute, and clear his throat. <clears> throat> I uh, gosh, I think I'm actually out of almost out of words, speechless. That's really surprising. Kind of does like a half smirk. I uh, <clears throat> I. I only knew Aiden for a short amount of time during my travels out of retirement. Heck, I I didn't even know that I had a nephew that was still alive. I have known many rangers over the years and recruited quite a few into our ranks. You'll kind of pause for a minute, look at Cobb and nod. Aiden was a brave lad, braver than many rangers I have known. I'm glad that I was the one to be able to recruit him into our ranks. Without him, we never would have been able to take back the forts and defeat the dragon. Aiden was always true in his beliefs to free Nirmathas and always true to himself. As Kieran said, he may not have freed Nirmathas, but he did free the ranger forts. We are now here to say goodbye. <laughs> And I am sad to see him go. But I know now he'll be able to see his mother and sister again and meet the father that he never knew. I know Brett will welcome him with open arms. Aiden, you were free as a bird and free as an arrow. He tosses the dirt in and kind of wipes his eyes and gets dirt on his face a little bit. And Joseph kind of looks up and puts a big smile. Well done, Aiden. He kind of walks back and joins the group. After Jessup steps back, I think Auburn would step forward and she would grab a handful of dirt and she'd be silent for a couple seconds. <clears throat> and 
Eventually she would speak. I... I knew Aiden probably more than anybody else here. I... For what it's worth, I trained him to some degree. I found that... It didn't take long and he had, uh, Surpassed my skills quite a... By quite a fair margin. Yet I can't help but feel that... Perhaps I didn't train him well enough. She kind of... Pauses for a bit. Aiden... You are stronger than any other ranger that I've ever met. And... I'll do what I can to... Carry on your dream. One day Nirmathus will be free. And when it is, we'll tell tales of you. And she would step back. And next up, Syria would go forward to give some words. And he would say, I have lost... I've lost friends and family a number of times now. At this point, I'm starting to get used to it as much as I hate to say. I'm afraid I'm not a man of, of, of many words. I, I don't have anything inspirational to say here, but... One thing I'd like to say, mostly for the other rangers here, something to think about. The rangers, the Chernisarder wardens, they lead by example. They're elected because of their acts. And I'd like to think that no one here could dispute that in terms of act, in terms of example, this young boy, younger than almost any of us here, his example was of the highest quality. And then he would step back. And I don't think the other rangers would have much to say. None of them knew Aiden for more than a, a day, really. But they would each go up in turn, and they would grab some dirt and toss it in. And I think a lot of them would take inspiration from the previous people who spoke, and they would, maybe all they would say is they would mutter out those those aphorisms, the freeze a bird, freeze an arrow. Perhaps that's all that they say. And I'd like, oh, sorry, I'd like to think that when they start going up to toss dirt in, because they didn't really know Aiden, but Joseph would speak up and I know that many of you didn't really know Aiden like we did, but as you toss your dirt down there, think of it as we're not just burying Aiden, the other rangers that have fallen over the past weeks that maybe will not get the same proper burial that he will. I think probably the moment you say that, the moment you say that, um, the rest in line, seeing this in a whole different way now, probably start tearing up as they walk forward <laughs> because all of them have lost people dear to them. They might not have known Aiden, but when you when you phrase it that way, and they start viewing this in, from that perspective, all of them start to 
they start to well up, some of them handling it better than others. <laughs> Eventually, the last person in line goes through, and at that point, all that's left is to fill in the rest of the grave. And do you have any sort of grave marker in mind? Perhaps, I don't know if, if this is what you would do, but perhaps his his great sword. You could just plunge there as the grave mar as the marker for the grave. Or if you had something else in mind, I don't know. Yeah, that would be a good idea. We could do that. But we can tie it and put his bow across it as well and tie it together so it looks like a cross made out of his great sword and his bow. Yeah. And I think Kieran would have also collected up the dragonbane arrows that he had shot. Even though technically they're useless now. You, he have, probably... you have three that weren't shot as well. Okay. So he probably would have taken those and um, he probably would have buried them in the grave. Wait, when we saw the grave... Oh, we didn't open the grave, did we? No. I told you that there were arrows in that grave, but okay. you did not so... actually open it to see. Okay, so he would he would probably just bury the arrows in the grave with Iden. Even the three that weren't shot? Unless somebody stopped him, he would. Unless you had them. I don't know if you had collected them, Jessup, because you could have done that. I was no. thinking more the ones that actually had like been stuck in the dragon, but you could do I didn't that as realize well. he had three that were unused. Yeah, there were, there were three he didn't shoot, but there were a couple that you could retrieve from the dragon. A couple flew out through that opening hole and are probably lost forever, but you could have grabbed the ones from the dragon as well if you wanted. I think he I think, specifically yeah. would have taken the ones that were expended because those were like, that's what Aiden used to kill the dragon and that's what yeah. Kieran's going to bury Aiden with. And I think Jessup would bury Aiden with everything that he had on his persons except he would take those three arrows that were not shot. Not that he wants to disturb Aiden, but knowing that there's another dragon that potentially could be a pain he would want to use those mm -hmm. but everything else he would bury with him and then as they um, finish putting everything on Jessup would pull out the dagger and I, I did not bury you with this dagger as I will keep it as a memento the dagger of the wardens and this dagger will continue moving forward to tell its story and he sheaths it. Okay. Everyone probably stands around this grave in, in a, a circle for a few minutes longer in, in silence and eventually one by one people begin to respectfully bow out and head back into the fort. I imagine probably the three of you and Auburn and Sirio perhaps are probably the last five there. Do you, how long do you stay or, or do you have anything else that you'd like to do at the conclusion of the ceremony? I think Kieran at the conclusion is going to kind of post up on a tree nearby um, kind of sit down with his back against the tree and he's going to pull out 
the uh, the bottle of wine that he had, and he's going to share the drink with Aiden, like they had promised to do. So he'll just sit there for a while, just drinking straight out of the bottle, and just quietly have that final moment with Aiden. Okay. Frampton and just- Jessup, are you sticking around or are you going back into the fort? I think Jessup would kind of look around at everybody and thank you all. It, uh, I appreciate it. I will go retire back to the, uh, to the tower, actually, to where we found the maps and the Jang and, uh, kind of look around there for a bit. Um, Frampton and, uh, Kieran. When you're done, if you want to meet me there so we can just talk about what's next. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go on with you. Syria will also follow alongside you. Auburn will stay behind a little bit longer, but uh, she will say to you, Jessup, she will, before you leave, she'll say, uh, just so you know, if, if you ever need to, someone to talk to, uh, I'd be happy to tell you more about him. I would like that very much. And she nods and lets you head off towards the tower. I imagine maybe it's only a, a couple more minutes before Kieran probably finishes. Yeah. Probably fifteen wine. minutes. Yeah, he would. He would probably spend about 15 minutes out there and then he would come in probably uh, shortly after you Auburn would also follow and eventually the three of you Sirio uh, Auburn and Cobb all meet up in the uh, in the War war room of the tower to figure out next next steps. Is anyone first to bring up a, a, a thought, or are you probably wait, maybe waiting on what Cobb or Syria or Auburn have to say, or what's what's? I think the... once everybody, yeah, once everybody gets in the room, just we'll. Um... I um, I never really kind of came out of retirement honestly the whole reason for me to even go back to Fort Riston was so that I can speak with the rangers in charge there and attempt to get my son Rizrin recruited into the rangers to find a, a new home but, uh, I, had a, I have a hard time being able to connect with my son and so I just wanted to find him a home in a place maybe where he would be happy. Ever since his mother died, we've gotten even more distant than before. And then I obviously, you know, being ambushed by hobbleoblins and then uh, having you guys find me and then now uh, here we are. But I kind of looked down when I saw Aiden had perished. Couldn't help but think that that could have been my Rizrin as well. He's still, uh, as far as I know, out in Longshadow. 
my home and the kind of points to the maps. By the way this is looking, it's... I feel like I gotta get there as soon as I can, but... I mean, look at me. I wouldn't last a week. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna wither away. I, I, I just, I'll, I'll die. <laughs> I'm not, not quite the fighter. I, uh... So, I, I think we, we gotta come up with some plans and, and obviously do them a little quicker, but, um... I trust that he's going to be okay. I still, my, uh, the last ranger from my party, Brock, he, he, he's got some skills and survival and stuff. So I know he's, if they smell any danger, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll, I think they'll be okay. But anywho, did you guys figure anything else out? Did you, did you, did you go check on the old Scarface up there? Right, yeah, yeah. He, had, he had quite, uh, a stash of items up there, which I'd like to have you take a look at, Jessup, if you can. He'll turn to Cobb and Aubrey and he'll say, this is the, the map I was telling you about. Um, he'll hand the items over to Jessup if you want to look at them while he's talking, and he'll say... Uh, yeah, he'll probably, just because he can, he will use identify to give myself plus 20. So we have the belt, Ten. potion, and wand that were unidentified. Okay, so how many things is that? I'm sorry. Uh, three things. A single casting will do it. Um, but it would be three checks. Yeah, you, yep. So I did one cast of identify, and I'll roll three times. Unless... You can... Actually, I think you might not be able to fail with a plus 20. I have I, a 21 spellcraft. Yeah, I think you, you might auto-succeed. Uh, let me just With check that, the yeah. So if well, if I took a ten, yeah, I would have thirty-one. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yep, 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 yep. You identify so the belt as a belt of incredible dexterity plus two. You identify the wand as a wand of fireball. Oh. With wow. sixteen charges remaining. Does Kieran have another element that he can use? I mean, it's on his spell list, so he could use it. And the potion go. is a potion of hide from animals. Interesting choice. What does that do? It helps you hide from animals. <laughs> oh, ah, when you say what? it that way, I get it. I'm assuming, does it like, you, like no scent or something? Or um, Let me just look it up real quick what the text says. Animals cannot sense the warded creatures, even extraordinary or supernatural sensory abilities like blind sense, blind sight, scent, or tremor sense cannot detect or locate warded creatures. Animals simply act as though the warded creature is not there. Uh, if the warded creature touches an animal or attacks, then the spell ends for all recipients. This is a potion, so you'd only be able to have it for one person anyways. What's the duration? Ten minutes per level. Sounds at least at level two. It is a level. It is a level one spell. So, ten minutes. So, Jessup will kind of go through and. Oh, it's a belt dexterity, and this is a wand of fireballs, hands that to Kieran, and a potion of. Ah, Frampton, you're going to want this. If you drink that, animals won't be able to see and/or smell your body odor. What, are you saying I stink? I don't, but an animal may. 
Well, that animal's a jerk. Lee <laughs> Frampton, when you go without bathing for a few days, you do kind of start to smell a bit ripe. Oh, you might think that your spell makes you smell wonderful, but it doesn't. It Actually, it does. I You don't know. <laughs> we all smell you. You smell of feet. Well, I guess then I'll just be keeping this belt of dexterity then, is that... Mm, fine with me. I'll steal it later. <laughs> Do you already have a belt of dexterity? Because I don't want this to be a situation where you already have the item, like, someone else. <laughs> I get one the other day. <laughs> Yeah, you can have it. I already have one. Um, no, I don't have I one. think you should take it then. I think that... Yeah, would, I only have would... a... Um... The headband of charisma plus two is the only. Yeah. Yeah. I what mean, Sirio doesn't what? have a belt either. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. He, he goes and buries uh, or unburies Aiden, takes his. <laughs> what is it? A belt of what? Belt of incredible dexterity plus incredible. two. Incredible. Yes. Incredible. Which technically we could have two of if we'd taken the one off of Aiden. <laughs> Uh, Jessup yeah. would not have unless you guys did without him knowing. Kieran goes out later and digs up the green and takes the belt. I'll help you with that. We yeah. can do that. No. You guys are um, terrible. Um, Ooh. That's some good decks. I think Cobb would Tasty. probably uh, respond to Jessup's earlier mentions and he'd say, yeah, I think you were probably pretty lucky to get out here before anything was going on in that area. Uh, Time in might have been just right for you. Heading back now alone would probably not be the wisest thing. Uh, he rubs his forehead. He says, There's a couple things that we definitely need to do here before we can mount any movement in that direction. But I do agree we need to get out there as soon as possible, spread the word, make sure that everything's okay. Um, I think first order of business perhaps might be. Uh, you mentioned having survivors somewhere else in the Fangward. Might not be a bad idea to have them come out here and uh, see if we can't pool all of our, our forces at the fort here and renovate it, get it up and running again, make sure that everything is, is safe here. Uh, and once that's done, we can start sending out scouts in the direction of Longshadow and see if we can't find a clear path to start making our way in that direction. Or at least maybe sending out a small detachment. A forward detachment of, of sorts. Uh, sounds like Jessup would be more than happy to volunteer for, for that as soon as we're able to. Um, is there any other thoughts that you guys have that we should be aware of before we figure out uh, a way of bringing these these civilians back to the fort? Honestly, I think that's the biggest thing that we need to worry about right now is getting them safely here. I know they've set up quite a place there in the caves, but I just don't see it as being very defensible if someone caught wind of the location. And we've already seen that the owl bears came through and attacked, and if they didn't have fighters like Herge and the the siblings, then, you know, it could have been really bad. It's not a comforting thought leaving them behind there without, you know, better protection. I think here it makes more sense. You know, we had a hard enough time trying to, to get into the fort the first time. 
I don't think it would uh, I don't think it would be an easy thing for hobgoblins to do if they were to, to come back the rangers know this place they know how to operate it my only fear is the thing that's in that one room I don't like the thought of civilians being around you know it only takes a curious kid to go in there and then we're burying another body Auburn would respond at that point I think and she would say I agree it's it's probably best that we deal with it sooner than rather than later um, I I have some ability perhaps as a, a cleric to uh, try to fend off the undead to some degree um, maybe while we're waiting for the uh, others to get here we can maybe prepare and, and, and take care of it uh, sounds like it can't leave that room so maybe we can figure out some way of stalling it and I can I can maybe get rid of it with some positive energy I can maybe prepare consecrate or something like that we can deal with this, it this time it won't have the jump on us It we didn't know it was there before kind of caught us off guard I took the brunt of it but this time we know it's there we know what it's capable of I think we might have a chance we've got more people around this time also so I'm willing and ready whenever you want to take care of it but like I said probably first and foremost we need to figure out how to get the rest of them here safely it's not going to be an easy journey so unless there's any other order of business I think what we will do is we will kind of skip forward a bit uh, it is going to take you a solid four or five days to travel back to Mist Home. It would probably take a day or two to get everything around uh, and ready to go to come back. And then it would probably take six or seven days with that many people to make it back to the fort. So we'd probably be skipping two weeks minimum, uh, maybe a little bit longer than that. Uh, but I would say that you would eventually be able to make it to Mist Home and uh, unless there were particular scenes that you wanted to have with the NPCs there, the only one that I have in mind is that whoever of you goes there, I imagine the three of you at least, um, unless one of you would rather stay at the fort um, but whoever does go to Mist Home upon arrival you would see a very familiar looking tree not too far away from the cave entrance and it would speak to you as you approach and whoever's there it would say I've been watching you for some time to make sure that you were not the same as the others that I had seen and as far as I can tell, you did not cause undue harm to the forest. You have been respectful, and you have not disturbed its inhabitants. I thank you for your respect of the forest. Myself and all of the trees, thank you. If you would like... I can offer you assistance for as long as you stay here 
I cannot fight on your behalf, but I can provide you with sustenance so that you do not have to worry about harming the animals to feed yourselves, if you would like. And perhaps if the trees and the leaves hear any rumors, I could convey them to you from time to time. What say you? So did we all go back to Miss Tome? I don't know. Uh, whoever wants to be part of the conversation can, can be there. I think at least, I don't know if everybody would go or not. I, I know Jessup, I think, would go to help. I, for some reason, just have a feeling that maybe there would be a couple people that would be apprehensive about going from Miss Tome here. So we try to use his oratory skills to convince people to come up to the fort. Yep. Um, are you Kieran and Frampton? Did you go with us as well? I'm assuming. Yeah, would, Kieran yeah. would go to provide more of a like a force of protection, moving this large group of people through the forest. Okay. Yep. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, the situation that we're in right now, I would probably not turn down any help that we can get. Much appreciated that you would side with us like that. I know you tend to be neutral, but any help that you can give us is appreciated. And we'll continue to do what we can to protect the forest around here. I side only with the forest, but as long as you are not enemies of the forest, I will not be your enemy. No, Um, definitely not. I mean, uh, you could even ask, we got Hertred over here. He loves the forest. I have been speaking with him for some time, yes. And Herge kind of waves. <laughs> um, so, basically, Longfrond, grateful for the lesson that not all humanoids are wicked, becomes a staunch ally of the Chernosoto Rangers. Uh, you would find over the next two weeks or so that she is generally pretty quiet, maybe a a bit irritable at times, uh, and generally just observes things. Um, But you would know that she is on decent terms with the region's less aggressive fae, so not the fae at Fort Riston, but the less aggressive ones. Um, Not the blighted fae. Correct. And basically what she can do for you is uh, while uh, you are in the Fangwood, she can basically provide you with all of the food that you could possibly need. In mechanical terms, if we were still doing provision points, the book just says a couple months worth of provision points. So Basically, stop doing provision points. At this, this is the point where point it says, <laughs> stop it, if you have not already stopped it. <laughs> um, and also, uh, it says that uh, she can provide you, essentially, she gives a plus five circumstance bonus on any knowledge local or knowledge nature checks that you guys make while in the Fangwood to identify regional threats or or anything like that. She basically just gives you a bonus on on those checks as she has the the ears of the trees 
Oh, yeah. Speaking of checks, before we left, did you guys take Jessup back up to the dragon there to go see the fetish and all that other stuff? Oh, yeah. I would have asked out Auburn as well. Auburn, yeah. also. Yeah, you can make a knowledge religion check. Is that a um, a bonus that you get anytime you're in the Fangwood or only when you're near her? It's basically assumed while you're in the Fangwood that she is providing you information. Oh, like whispering to you through the trees. Through the trees. Maybe. It's like picking up a conch shell, man, and just and it talks. Oh, that's know? pretty cool. That's pretty or cool. Or maybe she's just always night. conveniently there. <laughs> she's, just, she's, she's a stalker. She follows you everywhere you go so they. you don't do anything <laughs> bad. Did the so tree what, um, move in front of Mistome? It was currently in front of Mistome when you guys got there. So it must have moved there. Creepy. Cool. Perch mm-hmm. picks her up and moves her where she needs to go. <laughs> so, uh, I guess, uh, Auburn, if you were to give me a numerical value on your uh, religion, what would it be? I don't know if we want to try to eat each other. Auburn, I can't remember if she even has knowledge of religion. I think she does, but it's not. So she's a cleric. She would at least pick at least one rank. She has. She has a plus four knowledge religion. Okay, can she aid then? She can aid. Uh, and then Jessup will expend one charge of his heightened awareness. Give me a bonus as well. Yep. And I believe that's plus yep. two. Yes, it's a plus two on knowledge checks. Okay. I don't have it programmed in, so it's just going to be two to whatever this is. Or actually four. Yep. If she four, eats. Four higher than. Yep. Okay. 22. 22. DC 20. Ooh. You're looking at this effigy, and more so even than perhaps the effigy, you're looking at the surrounding uh, oddments. The mold, the centipedes, the grime, the slime... You see that this this bundle of rotted sticks, it looks like it is a holy symbol of the demon lord, Sith Visug. Uh, more accurately, it's an approximation. You're able to determine that while this, this basically looks like a holy symbol somebody made after seeing the real holy symbol, like... They saw it, and they're like, oh, I'm going to make that myself. So it's it's not exact, but somebody intentionally made this. They were trying to make the holy symbol of Sith Visug. Um, and what you would know about Sith Visug with that role is, again, he is a demon lord of fungus and parasites, Originally a Clippeth Lord, he is older than any of the demons now residing in the Abyss. So he's a an old guy. Um, you would know that he is chaotic evil. His areas of concern are disease, fungus, parasites. Uh, he resides in the Abyss and is often known as the Prince of the Blasted Heath or Demon Lord of Fungus and Parasites or Lord of Filth and Pollution. Uh, often worshipped by certain alchemists, black dragons, darrows, drow, ex-druids, polluters, and evil vegepygmies. Ooh, I want to meet one of those. <laughs> How do you spell that? You spell it as I just typed. Just 
just now. Goodness gracious, why can I not do it? That Sith Visug. It's not at all how I expected it to be. C Y T H V apostrophe S U G. Interesting. Wonder why a dragon had a an effigy of a demon lord up here. Must be he fancied it, I guess. I will link the wiki page if you want to see what his holy symbol looks like. I don't have a handout for it. <laughs> Sith slug. Sith slug. That <laughs> goes with the barf nest. <laughs> see, that's why there was a barf nest. He's a Sith slug. Kieran looks at that holy symbol and like covers up a tattoo he has on his arm. Just kidding, he doesn't. <laughs> Look at this thing's tiny head. It has a tiny head. A tiny head. Look at it. It's so small compared to its body. <laughs> the tiny uh, head. Tiny yeah, that's head. that's what you would learn of that holy symbol, that little strange shrine of sorts. Um, neat, neat. I am going to hand wave the encounter with the specter um, with proper preparation. If Auburn has something like Consecrate or or any of the cleric spells that are useful Turn against undead. there with her channel energy, uh, all of that stuff, uh, it would not be terribly difficult. Somebody might get negative levels, but it's not, I don't think, worth bothering with as we're skipping forward in time here. So I will just go over what you found in that room after defeating the specter. Uh, okay. If I can get to the right. More loot. Building here. Okay, <laughs> Jason, you could have just hand waved the encounter with a dragon. That's what Brandon says. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would have made this a lot easier on all of us. Yeah, I would have still been here. Let's just stick to the story. Yeah, just, and... I'm gonna hand wave it, and I'm dead. <laughs> so I, think I rolled a dice, and I died. So you guys already. Um, I think Frampton already noticed the stash in there. He beat the perception check. So yes. you would find 512 gold pieces. Ooh. 14, they look to be medals. Uh, you can roll me an appraise and a knowledge local or knowledge nobility on those. Wait, metals or medals? Medals, like Medal. Olympians. Ooh, Jessica, roll. Ooh, I have local. a... And I oh. get plus five to this. Oh my goodness. I have... <laughs> We both rolled a 20. We, we all recognize the medal. Okay. We, well, yeah. So we got a 25, 25, and a 30. Okay. So, um, all of you, so with the appraises there, each of these medals is worth 25 gold pieces. Well, 13 of the 14 are worth 25 gold and pieces. And there's 14 of them? There's 14 of them. 13 are worth 25 gold pieces, and you are able to identify them as Molthuni medals, uh, most likely taken, perhaps oh. from fallen Molthuni soldiers. No, I put and, them there, and they're <laughs> they're just mundane. Yes, the fourteenth one, with your. Did anybody roll knowledge nobility? Oh, I can roll knowledge nobility. Okay, man. So, 27, so 
Uh, Jessup, you are able to recognize that the 14th metal, which is much more intricate than the others, appears to be the metal of some noble house. Um, this one is probably worth twice as much as the others. So 13 of them are worth 25 gold pieces. This one's probably worth 50 gold pieces. Um, you don't know exactly which noble house this is, because this is a noble house in Malthoon. You're not you're not into like the politics of Malthoon or anything. Um, but you can roll me a uh, an intelligence check or a wisdom check. Just a straight one of those two, your choice. Well, they're both plus zero, so okay. we're gonna go wisdom. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. It's some noble house. Uh, you don't know the name of it. You don't think you've ever even seen this symbol before, but you can tell it is distinctly a noble house of some sort. And my 15 didn't give me anything. Uh... Your 15 would have also distinguished it as a noble house, but nothing more than that. Boo. I have the same bonus as Jessup in that, too. That's stinks. That's roll of the die, as Fenton would say. <laughs> Very true. Multhuni and... medals, it seems odd. You think this person killed these Multhuni and just kept their medals as trophies? I would assume so. And you would find two magical items. Sure. A bead and some gloves. I'm sure Cereal might like these medals. I will um, aid on a spellcraft on the bead and medals. I'm just gonna use identify. Okay. So that'll give me a plus twelve, and then I'm assuming that I can just take a ten. Yeah. That'll put me at. So with plus twelve, I have a twenty-three bonus. So taking a ten would make it a thirty-three. So with a thirty-three, you are able to identify DC thirty, uh, a bead of force, and then. DC 16 assisting gloves oh I already got gloves which ones did I get were they assisting gloves uh apprentices cheating gloves these are assisting gloves so what's how's the bead or force work I believe it's a one use item uh I think so yeah so yeah, the, the explosion completely consumes. So one use item, basically you throw it up to 60 feet with no range penalties, and upon impact it explodes, sending forth a burst of 5d6 points of force damage to all creatures within a 10-foot radius. Once thrown, it functions like a resilient sphere, reflex DC 16 negates, with a radius of 10 and a duration of 10 minutes. Um, the sphere is subject to is not subject to damage of any sort except for a rod of cancellation, rod of negation, disintegrate, or dispel magic. So you can basically throw it, deal damage to everybody in an area, and then trap a creature inside of it for 10 minutes. Of course, you can't harm cool. the creature, but the creature can't harm you. That's pretty cool. 
Interesting. More interesting magic items that have been in this fort. And the assisting gloves? Uh, I believe the assisting gloves, they just give you uh, aid another. I don't know if it's an action that they can do that. It's um, wearer uh, can speak a command word to create a glowing disembodied hand. As a swift action, the wearer can have the hand uh, assist him with a task as if using the aid another action. The hand uses the wearer's base attack bonus or skill ranks when making the check to see if aid another is successful. Uh, it remains uh, until it has attempted one action or until one minute passes, whichever comes first. At which point then, the gloves become non-magical. So yeah, this also appears use. to be a one-time use. Yeah, it's a one-time use. Interesting. But it's a, a one-time use, like extra aid another check, basically. Now, I already have these fancy gloves on, so I don't know if either of you want these. No, no, no. no they look pretty sparkly and fashionable, though, Frampton. Oh, yes. I'm not about sparkly, though. <laughs> I'm not sure they quite suit me. Maybe we can just keep them in the haversack and decide later on it. And also, just so you know, um, when you returned, you would have returned on, like, day 45. Uh, Navi, the trader, would actually be there. Um, she arrived, I think it was, I have it here. She arrived on day 43. So she's been there for two days now. Uh, and so you, you caught her while she was there. So items that you would like to sell, you can do so. Um, I believe she can only purchase uh, let me I have to find what it was but I think it was she could only she could only do 500 gold per item I think is what her max was where it was low we can figure that out yeah I'll look that up after the session but just keep in mind that you could sell items that you need to over this time skip as well yeah we've got a bunch of mundane things that I've been tracking to sell so I can we can discuss that afterward and what's her uh, inventory so again I'll have like, to look that up but I think it was she I think she basically has the equivalent of like a small town whatever a small town would have but I'll look that up and I will uh, let you guys know and over the next week you can figure out if there was anything that you would have liked to, to purchase or sell and you'll have that moving forward and I know Aiden had put in an order for things so we would probably Yes, Settle I that have as well. no re recollection of what he ordered. Right, I'd have to re-listen to the episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, then we just won't worry about it. <laughs> no, no, no. We could, we could square because uh, it was to Kining who was supposed to take care of it for him. So technically, it's already happened. Yeah. So whatever he, pur whatever he purchased. Is... Yeah, whatever he purchased, Kining would have. Uh, yeah. I just don't. Should just resell it. <laughs> um. Resold it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys... I instead. She's like, "Oh, sucks to oh. be him." <laughs> yeah, I already got his money. Yep. <laughs> you guys hey, return too for soon, honest guys. work. Too soon. <laughs> honest pay for honest work. Yeah, maybe he's dead. I guess this is mine now. Yeah. Oh well, he's not coming back for it. You guys return uh, to Fort Chavale. 
with all of these civilians in tow. And like I said, it probably takes the trip there, getting stuff ready, coming back. Probably a solid two weeks of time has passed before you come back. And when you return to the fort, you notice that there are a lot more people than when you left. Uh, if you go to Cobb or Sirio, they kind of fill you in that while you guys were gone, they had sent out scouts here or there to various uh, readouts to see if there were any surviving rangers. And there actually were quite a few of the Chernisardo rangers who were out patrolling the forest or went into hiding when the forts fell. Uh, and they came forward once the leadership, the Iron Fang Legion's leadership in the area has been broken and they kind of trickled into the fort over these past two weeks. And all told, nearly 50 additional rangers show up. Wow. wow. So at this point... I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah. Right? At this point, you're close to a little shy of 100 people that you now have in this group at this fort here. Um, a good number of them able-bodied rangers. Um, and when you guys return, uh, maybe a couple days after that, um, you would eventually be approached by uh, the leaders, basically Cobb, Sirio, and Aubrin, and they essentially have some reports that they would want to give, more or less. Um, I've been intentionally silent most of this session just because I'm dead. But are you kidding me? <laughs> nope. just, are you actually joking? Just reading the book. Because <laughs> Elwood or Iden would revel this moment. And they're 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 gone. They're both. Was Elwood a ranger too? No. Elwood was no. not a ranger, but he was He was on... a commander of the Multhoony Army. He was a filthy Multhoony Mul Mul Army. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he was a military commander. That's I'm true. not sure why he would like this so much. Yeah. But... He'd be like, oh, sure he'd you be there. I, out. Yeah. I think I killed your friend one time. <laughs> yeah. like, he had I'm a redemption arc planned, guys. He had a redemption arc planned. Goodness mm. gracious. Uh, he they always it. do. Yeah, well, he, he's dead. <laughs> they always do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been one more medal that Syria uh, would have added. <laughs> so um you guys come up to the war room here when they come to give these reports and Cobb would step forward and he would say it's good to see you all back it's been a, a while uh, and it uh, looks like you've managed to bring in all of these civilians here we'll get to work on getting them some accommodations and and looking after them here um I did want to bring to your attention, while you were gone, we had two two patrols that went missing. Uh, we don't know exactly what's happened to them, but they were investigating Blooders Bend. Uh, it's kind of on the way to, to the Hollow Hills there. And uh, I think, I don't know if maybe remnants of the Legion are there or there's still some dangers of the forest that we don't know about, but we're not quite ready, I don't think, to head out to the Hollow Hills yet, but when you do make your way out there, um, if you could stop by uh, the Blooders Bend and see what might have gone on and what happened to him, that would be much appreciated. Uh, additionally, we had some reports come in from one of the other patrols that noticed uh, some movement in the Fangwood, 
looks like there is uh, another group of civilians, survivors of sorts, that are uh, actually fairly nearby. They're maybe half a day's journey, uh, also kind of in the direction of the Hollow Hills, but mostly far north. Um, we haven't made contact with them quite yet. Uh, the uh, troop that I sent out just noticed them, took took spot of the situation and then came back to give the report right away and they only came back a day or two ago so uh, we haven't had the time to further investigate but uh, I thought that I'd bring that to your attention if you wanted to check that out and see if, if those are civilians from the Hollow Hills perhaps and if they have any information that they can give us before we start to make plans to head out that direction. Right, well, yep. I think that's the only way we have, the only lead that we have currently is, it seems this map, for whatever reason, Long Shadow's been safe from this expansion, and we've already spent a few weeks just getting people settled here, so I think ultimately our, our paths are going to lead us that way, but if there are survivors out there, I think maybe we need to see if we can bring them here to safety. I don't know what the rest of you think. Well, if it's on the way, I'm sure they have some patrols and things set up from the Legion to help uh, maybe cut off any potential support going back out to Longshadow. Plus, once you leave the forest, there's a little bit uh, too open space to get to here to Longshadow, so... So, you know, this map, uh, it's a few weeks old, so who knows... I don't mean to be a pessimist about it, but it's entirely possible that their expansion has moved even further, and it's concerning as it stands. I think we need to make haste and see if we can find Long Shadow still standing or not. Yeah, so I guess uh, when, do, when do we head out then? Look for some survivors first? I suppose, and I guess we'll want to check on those patrols as well. I don't like the idea of patrols going dark this soon as we started sending them out again. Doesn't bode too well. It's, uh... What's that? The tree. The tree there. What's its name? Longfrond. Longfrond. Does uh, she know anything? You can certainly ask her and see if she's heard any rumors going around the forest. Jessup's just standing in front of a tree trying to engage with some <laughs> random tree and look. Longfron, Long, can you hear me? Longfron's Long just watching like, humans Stuck are so just... strange. Like, what is he doing? <laughs> um, if you were to <clears throat> if you were to ask Longfrond, um, she would say that uh, most of her attention has been spent in the immediate area. However, she can easily send out uh, a couple animals to check things out in that direction um she has seen uh numerous detachments of what she now knows to recognize as hobgoblins um and i would say that you can just infer that it's not so much new um scouts being sent into the fangwood but probably the remnants of the legion any patrols that they had out in a in the Fangwood while you guys were fighting in the fort, and 
just kind of got stranded. They've been kind of moving around here and there. Um, so asking her, you'd probably come to the conclusion that it could very well be some deserters or, or a stranded patrol that is just kind of picking people off as they go. Um, Maybe it's about our time to do a surprise attack. Good idea. And They've certainly done enough on us. And Cobb would add, he'd say, like I said, uh, the survivors are not too far out. You could probably get there and back in a day and uh, probably would be a good idea to lead them back here uh, quickly. The uh, patrols, if they have been attacked, hopefully they haven't been killed yet, but uh, if you were to find them, if there are any survivors, they should be able to make it back themselves. So if need be, that could be a, a one-way trip and you could just hit them on the way that you're going to the Hollow Hills there. Um, it's up to you on, on how you'd proceed with that, but I just wanted to bring those to your attention. Well, it sounds like these survivors are uh, maybe out there on their own, unable to d defend themselves, so maybe we better see what's going on with that, see if we can bring them back here, and like you said, then from there we'll be able to just travel straight towards Long Shadow, not have to worry about circling back. How do you feel about that, Jessup, friend? Are you still in this? I mean, the sooner we can clear out more of the forest, sooner I can go home. Absolutely. We need to help those in need, and if it sounds like there's survivors still out in the forest, we should make haste to recover them. Yeah, I said we'll find the survivors first. You know, the ranger patrols... I mean, hopefully they can take care of themselves. Survivors on the other end. Yep. And you can see that um, Cobb has been organizing things as best he can. Um, he is essentially trying to fortify this position so that when it does finally come to counterattacking and basically making a full-out war, uh, that there's some sort of base of operations here. And that's what he's been busy with. Um, so, do you guys plan on going pretty much quickly as possible, heading out to find those survivors then? What yep, time I of think... day is it right now, I guess? Uh, by the time that you got back and he gave his report, I he probably would have given it um, in the morning of that next day. So, it's um, you've got the full day that you could go try to find them and come back probably just in this one day. Yeah, if it's earlier on the day, I mean, if it was in the afternoon, I don't know if Chessa would want to go out, per se. I don't... I can't really see in the dark. Oh, we don't have to worry about that. Okie dokie. Okay. You guys begin, begin heading in the direction that you were given, that the scouts last saw these survivors, and you get to a spot where you do see the tracks of numerous uh, humanoid individuals and you begin to follow those tracks and uh, given the number of them it is not hard to follow it takes maybe another hour or two before you finally come across a ragtag survivalist group of sorts you see what looks to be uh, in a, a small area of the forest with really really uh, ramshackle make makeshift tents 
that have made out of like branches and leaves and whatnot. You see what looks to be about 23 people. Um, as you approach, they kind of begin to cower and, and hide, uh, except for two individuals. Uh, one of them looks like this. Where is that handout? One of them looks like this. I'll put it in all players' journals and show. Oh, he's definitely Molthoony. I don't know about that. <laughs> he does look Molthoony. He's totally a Molthoony. Because if he's... I get this right, Molthoony's like kind of Roman-esque in features, right? Like they look like Italian to some degree. Is that right? Um... um... Sort of. Technically, though, Malthoon is made up of Chalaxian and Taldane, mostly. But Chalaxians are kind of everywhere. Not as many Verizians in, um, as far as the Pathfinder human ethnicities in Malthoon. But just like anywhere in the Undersea region, lots of people live everywhere. I love that you say that as if that's like, oh, yeah, okay, now I know exactly what Chalaxian and Verizian and Taldane look like. Right. Thanks well, for making it so clear to me now. Thank you for that real-world application, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the answer is sort of sort of Romanesque is not wrong. Yeah, anyway. because because Malthun was originally part of the Chalaxian Empire. So it was originally under Taldor, and then yeah. Cheliax broke free of Taldor, so it was under Cheliax, and then eventually it broke free of Cheliax for its own independence. So a lot of people, they kind of liken Taldor, well, like some of the people here that I'm looking up, some people liken Taldor to like the Byzantine-esque empire in its decline type of thing. Um, Molthun is often considered like militarized, like Northern Renaissance Italy, okay. is what some people say. This is not canon. This is just what some people on forums say. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's like kind of what you're looking at here. Um, the other individual... Josh, can you describe this other individual? Oh, I do show up. <gasps> oh! What? Is he Malthuni? No, can you let, me, let me show this to everyone as well. Oh. Yeah. I think I think oh, oh, oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> I can't see what they can see. I see a Rosen hand <laughs> Oh my god. Why do you make the most punchable characters? Why? Oh my gosh. Is he some soap opera? <laughs> yeah, right? It's like the Legolas of their fame. I can't see what they can see. Nobody can see it. They can I see just, what I can see. I it. just I just showed them basically the front you page just of have your to character go... sheet, just your image. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you can just open your character sheet and show well, your image. Yeah, right now though he doesn't look like that. He's got his uh you'll see a person. In... Oh, oh we see a person. Thank you. Hey. <laughs> Wait. Yes, he do he does. Actually though, so he's he looks wearing... Okay, so he currently looks like he's... this, Eugene? Yes. He's yes. In the river. Oh. Yeah, he oh, currently. Okay. Go ahead, and blow huh? that up again. Yeah, he's currently fully decked out in in even more ridiculous full plated armor than what is pictured there. Yes, Sarah, the stereotypical paladin. <laughs> he is not one, however. Oh, you're he's not. not. 
No, but he looks like one. What? He, he looks exactly the part. Um, I'll actually, I have a description here if I can pull up the right thing. It's not working for some reason. Oh, wait a minute. I just had a, an epiphany. I think I have, I think I, I know what this character is. Really? Uh, an epiphany? You think you know? Yeah. He's a paladin that's not a paladin? Yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it. It's pretty, it's pretty out there. I would whisper it to you, but then all of the stream will see, so I'm not going to do that either. That's okay. You look across, however, though, and you see a silver full plate armor etched in gold blindingly reflects any light that it catches. Clean ornamental paint depicts roses as if embroidered along the edges of each plate and seam. His shoulder piece bears the face of a lion, and hidden beneath an outer cloth etched into the center of the breastplate is a symbol of the inheritor. Atop his armor, he wears a scapular depicting a rose growing out of blood-soaked streak. A DC 20 religion check, and you can learn what that is. Oh, we, we got okay, a new who, GM for the campaign. Backseat GM over here. That's right. That's right. Um, this character is covered in a mix of heraldry and religious symbols, making it somewhat difficult to know what order or god he actually serves. Despite his personal changes to his armor and dress, you know, or Jessup would at least, he is from Last Wall. He is wearing the armor of the Knights of Ozum, if not dramatically modified. Can I do a knowledge local on that, Jason? Sure. You can. I have the DC here. It's actually going to be knowledge geography or nobility. Wow, this makes it way easier for me. (laughs) Never mind. Wanted a local, but that's fine. <laughs> okay, the Knights of Ozum uh, are a religious order, a military order found in Laswall, stationed in the capital city of Vigil. Uh, they hold all of Laswall, but these are, think of the Knights Watch, except not instead of everyone being criminals, everyone is paladins. This is a holy order that defends against the world wound and the demons that threaten the inner sea region at large and the orcs of the holds of belkson that too yes and the orcs. there's two fronts there's the one that holds up back all the undead and there's the one that fights the orcs i could be wrong but i think that's part partly why they're called last wall is because people kept getting pushed back from belkson and then last wall correct in the capital city of vigil So so these they're all paladins so did um, you kill a paladin and take his armor if you're Mr. <laughs> I'm not a paladin, but I'm one of the Knights of Odin? They're not, they're not all paladins. They just happen to be a religious order who is holistically dedicated to Iomide. So their classes obviously vary. You'll have clerics, you'll have paladins, you'll have inquisitors, you'll have all different types of PC classes, but they are a holy order. It's actually, I wanted to pull up a little bit. Uh, I can't get it for the stream, but if you just look them up, there is official art. Paizo's got a ton of official art of what these guys uh, look like that can help get get the idea in your head if you ever want to do that. But yeah, very well established uh, order of religious people. Yeah. And well, uh, hi there. You look um a little misplaced here in the woods. Oh dear. <laughs> so, get, what do you get? Like five foot of movement in this area here. <laughs> As, as you think of how to respond, Josh, uh, the three yeah. of you can all make perception checks. Oh, oh, Jason's GMing again. Thanks. Oh, Followed. Oh, nice. 
Are you okay with that, GM Josh? Josh, can we run oh, perception yeah. okay checks? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay if Jason just takes because, over for a second. Just because I looked up the DCs doesn't... <laughs> We're all totally just like, who is this weird guy wearing full okay. plate armor in the middle of the penguin? <laughs> I should also mention, by the way, that it is incredibly bright. Technically, I need you all to make a will saving throw. Well, you're in the you're in the Fangwood. It's not bright light, so. Oh, okay. All right. That's good. Simmer yeah. down there, GM Josh. That's true. That's true. Yeah. An area of bright light. That's yeah, you're not in bright bright light right now, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, it's fine. So basically, Jessa... you're never you're never going to be around Frampton because Frampton's right. going to be like, stay dim away from me. Light. No, light. You'll, you'll look. It's it's polished. Like it it reflects uh, any bit of light that it catches. So, yeah. Yeah. Very bright. Um Frampton and Jessup can now roll heal checks. Cuz you you got a DC 15 perception, so now you can roll a heal check. Ooh. Yeah. You, you noticed something, but what is <laughs> yeah! it? Yeah. Not What no. is it that you okay. heal is not my forte. Frampton something does not look right about these people. They're uh, dead. With the exception Ooh. of the fully plate mail guy you can't see his skin or anything but all of these refugees or civilians or whatever you'd like to call them seem to be pale and sickly Jessup you are able to identify that they are all suffering from some sort of disease though without a very close inspection you can't identify exactly what it is Go, but go. the two that approached us seem fine. Well, obviously the one clad in the one you know, the, the one shiny... guy that I showed you, who you saw the name on his image, the Naspin Jarth, he looks also very sickly. Um, the other guy, I mean, he's covered from head to toe in armor, but he is not holding himself in a sickly fashion. He looks uh, fine. Jessup kind of like steps back and hey, are you guys okay over here? You're not looking too good. No offense. I mean, I'm not saying. I mean, you're probably attractive when your your flesh tone is at its normal color, but you just seem a little off. The the one guy would respond. He says, "Everything's fine. Yes, uh, I I have it. I have everything under control. We are dealing with it. Yes." Um, oh, do you mind uh, telling me uh, what might be around uh, going on here? It's just a. It's just a fever. What? We're not used to the Fangwood. It's it'll pass. It's fine. Does I don't know sense motives. Yeah. Say anything differently. Um, sense motive. You get a very particular idea about this individual from his reaction here. Um, it's almost certain that everything is not fine. You get the sense that this guy is probably the leader or the self-proclaimed leader of these survivors and is trying to convey a sense of control and a sense of knowing what he's doing um so it, it seems like he's saying you know like everything's okay like i have it under control you get the sense that he very much doesn't but he's saying he does like he's almost convincing himself that like he's got this um okay Josh, your character would know everything is not under control. Basically, for your own edification, yeah, you 
uh, encountered this group as it was fleeing towards the Fangwood. You stayed behind a little bit to fight off their pursuers, and then you caught up with them a few days later in the Fangwood. Everything was mostly fine up to that point. This individual, Naspin Jarth, had basically taken lead of the group. He was kind of organizing them as best he could. Very much, very much amateurish. Uh, it's being from last while you would probably liken it to like the son of someone who's important like trying to be important in a sense almost right like maybe maybe his like father or grandfather was like the mayor of some small town or something like that but that's kind of the impression that you got so you took it upon yourself to maybe not necessarily try to wrest control because that you knew that might not go very well but you would support them as best you could so you probably went out and did the hunting for food and whatnot mm-hmm. unfortunately one day while you were out hunting you came back and found that they had all basically gotten into a deer that they had found and it was not in the best of condition we shall say and basically anyone who has knowledge dungeoneering can roll a knowledge dungeoneering to how how many of them are there there are 23 not including yourself all of them have some sort of affliction (laughs) and this happened today uh no this happened um i think uh, yes either yesterday or the day before it's it's very recent but it was not today okay um so jessipal kind of know there's something off and be like um i guess if that's what you say looks over at the other guy and uh what say you knight in shining armor he uh the armor clinks as he then goes to remove his helmet and you do finally see such a charming man as that. Punchable. Is he he's not inflicted though, right? No, he looks no. he looks fine. If you if you look Are you over... like fine or fine? Mm, I think it was like fine. <laughs> fine. He looks fine. Mm. It's probably both. I I'm would also say. concerned because we're all dudes and he's like, I look fine. <laughs> I just want to get that point across. If you compare the two uh, and taking some time to really look at them, you can see that Naspin Jarth, in some of his, like, he has his sleeves rolled up, you can see in, like, some of his some parts of his skin it looks like there are spots, like, strange spots and shapes that's, they're twitching and moving under his skin mm-hmm. there's there's Is this rock rubs? Rock there's, rubs? there's something very not great going on and you do not see anything twitching underneath this knight's skin. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, as, as he takes off his uh, helmet, he will say, I am Gideon Everstand. It is a pleasure to be meeting your acquaintance. And he st- steps forward to Jessup as the one who talked to him. Yeah. I hail from Last Wall, and I know about as much as you do. I found these survivors in the Fangwood few weeks ago days ago what was it dm uh you found them about a week ago or a week and a half ago you've been with them ever since 
Um, but recently they've all fallen under some affliction that I cannot identify, and my divine magics can't seem to help. Would you know? Um, I kind of saw some rot grubs uh, a few weeks ago, but uh, this not quite the same. Looks back at the other guy. Um, what was his name again? Now, did Naspen. he say Na- did, he, did he, he say his name was Naspen or not? He did not even introduce himself. No. no. Um, you there? I uh, do speak for your group. Um, you, I'm not sure that you're okay. I think you have stuff under your skin moving around, which you know I'm no uh, medical professional here, but I would say that that's probably not supposed to happen. Yes. No. Uh, uh, well, uh, I'm sure you might not be aware of this, but you. There are many bugs in the forest. It is, uh, unfortunately, just, you know, you spend enough time in the forest if you don't know what you're doing. You, bugs tend to get at you. It's It'll be fine once we get to a, a safer place that's not so open. Jessup will attempt a diplomacy check to convince him otherwise that uh, I'm actually a, a ranger, and I, I spend quite a bit of deal of time in this forest in... I don't think that that's the the case. I, th- I think there's something really wrong with you, and, and you know, if you wouldn't mind, we probably want to take a look to see if we can help you, because, you know, you being the very good leader that you are, you know, if you don't find help for your people here, you, you ain't gonna be a leader of nobody. Gideon gives you a look as if this is what I've been dealing with. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah go ahead and roll your uh, check there. Twenty-one. Okay. So you say that, and he kind of like. His eyes go a little bit wider as you say that you're a ranger, and he says, uh, Yes, very good point. Uh, it's good to see that we're on the same page. That's exactly what I was thinking as well. Um, yes, we should uh, definitely take a look at these these fine folk. Uh, good point. Good work. You know, I'm glad we're on the same page. You are a smart one. Yes, I, I know why you, you are in charge. As I said, I, I know what I'm doing. Certainly. I will never question you again. So, you there, what was what's your name, Josh? Gideon? Gideon. Galliant? What? Gideon. Gideon? Gideon. <laughs> Sir Gideon, uh... So, you're not sure what happened with the people here you've been hanging out with? Shakes his head now. Oh. So, okay. Well, Jessup will uh, look at the guy. So, when did you start noticing, uh, you know, your skin color changing? And thingies moving under your skin? Uh, this was only... A day or two ago. It's very recent. I, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it will go away with time. Um, but you are a ranger, so perhaps you have dealt with this before. I, it shouldn't be too difficult to handle. I'm sure. Sure. I mean, I, we probably just want to diagnose. Uh, so I'll just ask a few more questions and make sure I get a grasp on what we're dealing with here. So, uh, did you, you know, roll into anything or play with something you shouldn't have, or did? ingest something, maybe? Gideon's um, nodding his head when he says ingest something he shouldn't have. Yeah. Gideon just nods. When you say that, you hear one of the people in the group from a, a distance kind of yell out, and uh, I'll censor their language slightly. Um, <laughs> you you hear a man's voice yell out, it was the freaking deer! <laughs> and then Naspin dresses is like, oh, um, yes, well... There was a time, uh, this fine knightly fellow, he was out hunting, and, uh, you know, we, we are simple folk, we 
didn't know if if he would be coming back or not. It's it's a dangerous place out here, of course. So, uh, we we, we came across a uh, a fallen deer, and we figured, you know, in the in the chance that this fine gentleman ran into trouble and wasn't able to return, we could use this to supplement our provisions. So, we began uh, eating the deer there, and uh, some some of the people in the group think that perhaps it was infected with something, and so that is one possibility. Did you cook it or did you sushi it? Uh, we did our best to do a, a campfire and and uh, <laughs> cook it a little bit. Um, when he talks about eating it, Kieran kind of like turns his head and gags. Like the thought of someone eating like a nest. deer that has been dead for who knows how long is like yeah. utterly deplorable. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Uh, you know, eat and roadkill sometimes, I guess, if, you know, that's what you think. Is the deer... Like, uh, what's left of it still around here at all, or...? Um, you could probably find it. It's, uh, we left it where we, where we, we had it there. It's, uh, in the forest, uh, probably a couple hundred yards that direction. We've moved a little bit since then, but we haven't been able to move a whole lot since oh, people have okay. been... <laughs> moved a hundred yards in, like, a week? Okay. Well, well, you know, it, it, the... <laughs> one, symptoms only began to appear a few, like, a day or two ago, and once they did, we, we didn't make much progress. So um, it's like literally everybody infected besides Yes, Gideon? because everybody ate except Gideon who was out hunting. Gideon, you would know that you came back recently yeah. to this and you were kind of at a loss. You're like, how the heck did you guys manage this? I was gone for like half a day. Literally, because um, he's been escorting them otherwise, correct? Pretty much, yeah. Saying yeah. that uh, Justin and I are parents, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Five minutes and they'll get into something. Yeah, this... As I'm streaming right now. I, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> this guy, Naspin, he looks like he's probably late. He, he probably looks like he's at least in his 20s. He's like 20... He's like early 20s. He's a young guy. Okay. Well, He knows what he's uh, doing. So... If you don't mind, uh, you know, with your permission being the leader and all of this, uh, you know, uh, angled group here, I'm going to have Gideon go with me to show me where the deer is, because he probably knows exactly where it is a couple hundred uh, meters away, and then uh, we'll go assess the situation, and then we will report directly back with you. You know, he says, yes, I, I was about to make that suggestion myself, in fact. Uh, uh, we'll be waiting here, and uh, carry on. Okay. Duck tall and handsome, let's go. He nods. I will be your shield. And he walks. Does he have a shield? Yeah, a huge one. Okay. Tower clank, shield? Clank. Clank. Uh, not, a, clank. not a tower yeah, shield. Did no, so he go out big. hunting? Isn't that what he was doing? How <laughs> well, that's, that's why they ate the deer. That's why they ate the deer. plate armor to go hunt. He's not going to find anything. <laughs> no, what he meant to say was he's gathering. I'll have you know, I bought three javelins for which to hunt with. And I like to think that with enough rolls in a down row, elephants. All right, let's go. One. Well, yeah, there's a reason it took him half a day. <laughs> there, I, uh, well, guys, either that he's or... trained as a soldier. He's not trained <sighs> as a hunter. He didn't grow up here. <laughs> either that or there are reports from people in the Fangwood of a naked man with three javelins. <laughs> Gorilla War Tech. <laughs> She's like, I don't know if you needed to hear this or not, but there is a naked dude running around with javelins out there. Just be careful. 
That's that's the report that I should have had Cobb give you. <laughs> uh, we're gonna retcon that so we can make it canon. Okay. <laughs> Any who? Oh, jeez. Anywho, <laughs> we get over to. Yes, you you make it over to the deer. Um, Gideon is able to point it out to you pretty quickly, uh, and give, you give can inspect it. Give him each a moment. Yeah. Uh, I, I just picture Tarzan now. I'm picturing him running through the jungle with a chap, butt naked, throwing him at a deer. I'm well, certain he wears clothes under his plate the, armor. When you've just got like huge javelins sticking out of your character model, but you're still running around. The other ones were tethered to his loincloth. Yeah. <laughs> just... Oh man! All right, that was just mildly amusing. Okay, yeah, so what do we? I'm good. What's okay. the deer look music. like? So, uh, now that you're seeing the source here, I will allow you to re-roll your checks. Again, you can aid each other. You can take 10 if you so like, however you want to handle it. But it is a, it is a knowledge dungeoneering. Okay. Um, you can, again, aid or take 10, whatever you like to do. Jessup will look over and, uh, hmm, okay. So, uh, let me think about this. So he pulls out his wand. I'll heightened awareness myself. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. And, uh, hmm, does anybody want to help give me some tips on what they think around here? Is there any uh, tangential knowledge checks that'll work? This is a very specific thing. Yeah, Brampton coming in hot. Well, no, actually. um, At the source, uh, I guess you you could do a heal check instead. Uh, I have been stumped (laughs) for a long time. Heal of zero. Whoa. I now just secretly ah. rolled my first roll for the character, but uh, it was whispered. Doesn't I can count. Safely say. The uh, um, my dungeoneering did not have the plus two from heightened awareness. As well, Jace, so do you want to? Do you want to tell the world what Gideon's first roll for the whole campaign yes. is? So re-rolling the knowledge dungeonerings. Frampton got a twenty-six. Uh, Jessup got a twenty-nine. Uh, the heal checks, Kieran rolled a natural 19 for a 19. Gideon rolled a natural 20 for a 20. That Doesn't count unless survived. it's visible to everybody. Nope. So, nope. this was a DC 19 check. So Gideon had a 10% chance of finding it or of, of figuring out what it was uh, each time he tried to look at it. He'd um, take 20 so on did, a heal so check? So did Kieran. Yeah. So you guys are able to identify this now. Um, this infection that this deer had is it's it's infected with wolf in sheep's clothing eggs, basically. Don't like that. So, a wolf in sheep's clothing. It's a wolf in sheep deer. No, it's it was infected. So it's chimera. Another chimera again. So that's the name of the infection of of the creature that the infection came from. A wolf, a wolf in sheep's clothing appears at first to be little more than a tree stump sitting in a clearing, perhaps with a small animal sitting atop it. Only when a predator comes close, does it become clear that the small animal is in fact long dead, given false life by tendrils springing up through its form. But by then it's too late, as the wolf in sheep's clothing drags the would-be hunter into its waiting maw. Uh, though intelligent, these monsters see little need for company of others. 
their method of reproduction is as hideous as their tactic of using corpses as lures, for they implant their parasitic eggs in living hosts, giving their spawn a fresh meal to eat upon hatching. So this basically tells you that this deer was infected with the eggs of a wolf in sheep's clothing, which means you now have 23 people who are infected with the eggs of a wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, everyone except Gideon, roll a knowledge and knowledge, a knowledge intelligence check. Roll an intelligence check. Oh crap! Good old plus zero eight. Classic. Okay. Dang it! Nine. Nice. Frampton got an eighteen. <laughs> Kieran got an eight, and Jessup got a nine. Kieran Frampton is twice as smart as we are. Yeah. Kieran, you were helping Aiden scout out the fort. You recall, um, so we're on the fort map. So if you scroll up to the northern bridge, you can see there's at the base, there's a little alcove. Uh, Aiden had spotted a crack in the wall. And in front of that crack, he had saw what appeared to be a tree stump with a a frog on top of it. And Frampton, you're suddenly coming to the realization that there's a high possibility that that's not a tree stump at all oh boy oh and it's still there yeah you would know i'll give you so you guys all rolled really high in the knowledge engineering so i'm just going to give you a whole bunch of information about these things um they have a speed of five feet and a burrow of five feet and a climb of five feet they tend to stay in one place they're not overly mobile creatures uh knowing that one's down there by the water, it's probably just been fishing, basically, for who knows how long it's been Like there. the dragon, it just has a little fishing pole yeah. coming out of a tree stump. Who knows how long bugs. it's been there. <laughs> but you would know that wolf and sheep's clothing are generally neutral, medium aberrations. They have all-around vision, which means they cannot be flanked. They have uh, pretty decent AC and hit points, pretty good saves all around. They have nine attacks... A bite and eight wow. tentacles. And oh every every goodness. single tentacle also has grab and pull. Uh, wow. They have 15-foot reach with their tentacles. They have constrict. Uh, and then they have a special ability known as, known as implant. A wolf in sheep's clothing can infest a creature with its eggs in uh, a couple of ways. Um, basically, if the target fails, it has a parasite and the parasite can be cut free of the host with a heal check, which takes one hour and deals 3d6 slashing damage. Um, or a removed disease could kill the implanted egg. You'd know oh. that wolf in sheep's clothing egg is an infestation, not a disease. Technically, it's an infestation. Uh, onset is one day. Frequency is once per day. The effect is 1d4 strength damage until reduced to zero at which point it takes 3d6 damage as the parasite bursts free. And you need three consecutive saves to cure it. Oh, like if Frampton shares any of this, or if anyone shares any of this information, Kieran kind of takes a couple steps like back away from the deer um, because he's having horrible flashbacks of the rot grubs, which yeah. were sort of similar in that they like burrow into you and cause like an infestation and he's like well um, Jessup would know as well because obviously that had happened I think Frampton may 
I don't know if he saw it because you were trying Rip. to fight the pixie. So I don't know if you yeah, actually saw Frampton what had happened. Per ripped se. one out of Karen's Karen's foot, didn't he? Wasn't that what he did? He did that like was a, a cow, that was oh, that cow ran trap. Up. Oh, that was a cow trap. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ran up and ripped something out. <laughs> yeah, because Iden did that. So yeah, Jessup would like kind of look once we start talking about it. And be like, uh, be like, uh, Gideon, I know we just met you, but uh, I'm going to say we encountered something very similar um, weeks ago. Our friend Kieran here was affected with what we call a rock grub, and uh, we were lucky enough to try to get it taken care of within. Kieran, what would you say? Just. Less than a minute, and uh, these poor folk here, though, it's been how many days? I, I, I don't know. With this knowledge, you know, again, your roles were pretty good on that identification there. Your estimation, you've got two days before people start dropping. And is it contagious? It's contagious. Like, are they gonna explode like the rock grubs did? Uh, if people go to zero strength and the parasite bursts free, um, it's not like it'll infect other people, but you will basically have many wolf and sheep's clothing walking around. Oh my gosh, no. Can we just stamp on them at that point? Yeah, they they would Whack not be they would not be dangerous because they'd be so young, but it would not be cool. Oh, this is giving me real chills. I don't like the idea so... of this. It sounds most Brandon unpleasant. says the easiest thing is probably just using a few casts of that fireball wand. Problem the solved. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Kill but, the people. <laughs> hey, my favorite character, Arthas Menethel, he did that in Stratholme. Not a sponsor, but just saying. Oh, um, speaking of sponsors, him. which we aren't sponsored by, beautiful sounds provided by Sirenscape. <laughs> Maybe Sirenscape has a uh, delicious sound of bugs being ripped out of bodies. That's nope. close enough. <laughs> the Wilhelm nope. scream is close enough. <laughs> so if you would like... If you would like, you could roll a separate Knowledge Dungeoneering or Knowledge Nature check. Nope. Four. I don't Four. think I will. Uh, this is related to the disease here. Would, um... Yeah, I would still have heightened awareness on. Yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. You'd okay, so that. this will be again plus two. And you can aid nice. each other if you want. Nice. Twenty-seven. Okay, no need to aid. Um, Twenty-seven. So Jessup, uh, you are a ranger. You've been in the Fangwood before. You, you're actually fairly familiar. You haven't encountered this yourself, but you've heard plenty of stories of people of other rangers dealing with this. And the the rangers actually have a pretty effective. Um, like solution to this like an alternative to like a potion of removed disease they've actually found that gloss leaf uh, an indigenous shrub to the area is actually highly toxic to wolf and sheep's clothing um, but only mildly toxic to humans and generally what rangers would do is if somebody were ever unfortunate enough to be inflicted with this they would scout around to try to find the berries of a gloss leaf bush and make a tincture of that and then give it to the person and it would it essentially function as a non-magical potion of removed disease but only for the purposes of removing this particular infestation uh, so you think that you could probably spend some time canvassing the area to find gloss leaf to make potions um, mechanically, I'll just tell you how that will work out is 
each PC that canvases the nearby forest can locate up to 1d6, like berries equal to like 1d6 tinctures, uh, assuming that you succeed at a particular DC of a knowledge nature or survival check. Each check requires 1d4 hours of searching, though. If he is able to describe what it looks like, can I use perception? Um, I, I would don't know let if you, you want to. I would let you do perception, but it would be at a higher DC than if you would use survival. Sure. Um, Gideon will ask you to describe exactly what it looks like in as much detail as possible. Sure. Let me just think. Consult my inner mind. Hmm. What would it look like? Uh, the <laughs> book does not give a description, so I encourage you to be creative. <laughs> oh. You can make it whatever you want it to be. <laughs> okay. We're role-playing, dude. So, okay. Imagine. So you got to go around, and you got to find uh, this bush, and they're going to look like, I guess, almost like a blueberry. You know, but it's a darker blue. Now, there's another plant out here that's very similar, a different shade of blue. Do not pick those ones. So I would use your survival skills if you have it, or knowledge nature. Will you be able to tell the difference of what I gather? Mm, you could, but it's going to be very hard to perceive the difference. And I will gather everything. <laughs> and, uh, he literally will... <laughs> and he will spend I... however long it takes okay. yes. until he's stopped. So there's like... one check there? Yeah. So, well, I guess, let's think about it. So, uh, one check will get how many? Cure a successful potions? check will give you 1d6 equivalent. Uh, and each check is 1d4. Okay, so Hours. we all need to go out. Okay. So, survival or nature. Can and I just ma- get a bonus? Because I have a plus zero, so I actually rolled with Well, it. didn't... Weren't, didn't, um... The, I keep going to butcher the name. The, the nice tree give us a bonus to local and nature? If you bring these people back to the fort and consult with the rangers and Longfront. she could aid you perhaps oh but she okay we don't get an aid unless she's with us yeah you'd have to you'd have to go back there and um you could enlist the aid of the rangers that's also an option but you'd have to head back well and i guess and i would tell these you know the you know these people here where it's like you know i want to help these people but um if for some reason we can't cure them all or anything like that. I, I I don't really want to divulge the location of our fort and have them come in to potentially spread stuff. You know what I mean? Right. We can't risk taking them back until they're cured. So, let's go find some berries. Gideon, just, I guess, grab everything and I'll just have to spend <laughs> extra time sorting through. So, what's the DC to pass? I Probably know what no, the DC is. Consecutive Gideon, rules here. Did, we, did we pass? I'm seeing okay. Gideon doing a lot of stuff. Did we pass? Um, he spends the next six hours. I'm, I'm, for... I'm waiting for. Uh, uh... Okay, there we go. Sorry, okay, I'm so debating if I want to use survival or not. So Gideon's first check. Gideon, Frampton, and Kieran, all three of you, your first checks. You're going out. The three of you miraculously find nothing remotely similar to what Jessup described. <laughs> um. <laughs> 
So that's 1d4 hours that have passed in that first attempt. Oh, they're gonna die. I accidentally rolled 2d4, but I rolled two ones, so... Yep. I'm probably um, just trying to rush. I'm like, no, 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 yep. no. Just like, try not to gag while... Oof. They hit. Yeah. So, Jessup, with a 26, you very much succeed uh, at the DC. So, in fact, you exceed the DC by more than five. Um, so I'm going to say, with how well you did on that check, I will allow you to roll... 2d4. I need to roll like Jerome's mirror image checks. Those have fours every single time, man. So, that's five that you get on your first um, roll a d4 to see how long that took for you. Roll low. Four. Okay. So, um, Gideon's first check was two hours, so he attempted a second time with a 24 perception check. I increased the DC, but a 24 will still be enough, even if the DC is increased by two. Um, so you can roll 1d6, and that took four hours. So that puts you at six hours. So you guys got there probably midday. So Gideon has enough chance for, like, one more check, but we'll get to that. Um, Kieran's first check was a failure. Um, he rolled 2d4, so the other one would only take one hour, but he... I didn't roll again because I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Okay, roll another one. Nice. Okay, so that's a, that's a failure as well. So two hours have passed. Uh, so Gideon's at five hours. Both Frampton and uh, Jessup are at four hours. Go ahead and roll again. Me? Yes. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm I thought you were talking to me. I, <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm trying to get Kieran oh. caught up time-wise. So, I'm rolling survival this whole time. Should I be rolling perception? No, survival is better. Well, I have a zero, so it's why everything is garbage. That's a stealth. <laughs> that's a oh, stealth. that's a stealth. That's also garbage. <laughs> you can roll perception if you want. It's just it's a higher DC for perception. No. Um. Okay. Instead <laughs> of zero, you. You have a 5% chance of hitting the DC, actually. Um, Is it 18? 20. 20. Oh, it's... Oh. 25 for... Um, I didn't increase it by 5. Oh, not by 5. No. Um, stealthing. So roll another D4. <laughs> Kieran's practicing his Kieran. naked javelin. <laughs> Kieran, roll a D4. Yep. To see if he's caught up in time yet. Okay. So you're at 6 hours... Uh, Gideon is at six. six hours. Frampton is at four hours, but he rolled another perception check. So, Frampton, that would succeed. Uh, so roll a d4 for time, and then a Hopefully d6 a for... Yeah, so three, that puts you at seven hours. And oh, then lots a, of berries. Another <laughs> five. And, Jessup, you can also have one more attempt. Twenty-one. You meet the DC just barely, so you can roll a D four and a D six. Uh, 
So two more hours. And two more. Okay. So that gets you a total of, I think, 17 total? 5552? Five, five, How many mm -hmm. people were there? 23. So there's another uh, six left. Um, so here's how it'll go. Uh, you're at the point in the night where if you wanted to make it back to the fort, if you delay any more, uh, you're not going to get there until after midnight. So if you wanted to head to the fort, you'd have to go now. You do know, like I said, you have a day or two before the worst happens. Um, do you want to stay out here or, or will you take them back to the fort? It's up to you. I think we should maybe take the Nile. I don't know. I don't think we should take the sick back. Well, we can try again tomorrow. See if we can find something tomorrow. And if worse comes to worse, you know, if we don't find anything tomorrow, then I know we it's, think about taking yeah. them back. I'm assuming we're talking in private. I Gideon's yeah. not there. Yeah. No, I'm yelling okay. this out to the entire group. Oh, very good. Naspin Jarf is definitely right next to you. It's yeah. too bad. It's okay. He's going to agree die. with everything I say. Oh, I, said, I suggested that you leave us here to die. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I, I said that, that was a good idea. <laughs> that was my great idea. I um, I know it's a terrible thing to say, but I don't. I'm conflicted. I don't necessarily want to bring them to the fort, especially, you know, with us having north of, you know, 60, 70 people there to potentially get infected with these little grubs running around. Um, Guess the only other thing I can think of is, um, what if we do put them in like the, you know, I don't, would there be enough room, Jason, if we wanted to put them there with like the dog kennels, assuming that's cleaned out? I mean, is that big enough that we could put these people oh, all yeah. together? For sure. Quarantine uh, them, and, basically. Them in the dog <laughs> and you, you would know that it's, if it is infected, if it is infectious, it would not occur until, like I said, probably a, a day or two. So you have all of tomorrow, at least, to do a full on, search well, as well and if we do that then maybe we can have some of the rangers other rangers come and help look for some berries too I don't know if the gods will allow that or not we should just try I think between the three four of us we've made some good progress today That's honestly true. I didn't do anything but you guys were able to find a bunch so uh, I think yeah we'd... I mean I I wish I could help you, but uh, I, I couldn't find you. I didn't know where you were. You were like all sleuthing around there quietly. I was gagging over in the corner. Oh, I didn't even hear it. All right. Well, I guess you guys think we should bring it back. I still recommend quarantine. For everybody's no, sake. I'm, I'm saying I'm saying we stay here. We camp out here oh. where we found them and just search around here tomorrow. Like we did today. Like we've got the whole day. And then if we can't find enough tomorrow, then we talk about going back to the fort. But I think we still have time to find enough for everybody tomorrow. Because they only G need one each, Jason? Yes, each of them needs one of these. So we only need six more. Okay. So I guess, uh, can we start making the tea for quite a few of them? Yeah, you could begin the progress there. Process there. Okay. Um, just so you know might not hurt to have extras because technically remove disease does it's a check against the disease dc so it's not necessarily guaranteed these work like remove disease but it's not necessarily guaranteed so it might not hurt to get as many of them as you can tomorrow 
Lighthouse. Uh, do I succeed? Yes. You oh, are. Oh, this is the next day. That's ten. Oh, that's ten hours since we started. Yeah. So you would be actually no, that would fail because the book says um, the DC increases by five as you get to the uh, the end of daylight. Even with a source of light. Yes. Okay. They are most easily identified by color. Kieran cast dark, dark vision, and then he's like, "Ah, oh, right." With which color. dark, that's, dark blue. That's is a thing, isn't it? <laughs> tough to see at night, which makes sense. Good job, Brandon. Nice flavor. All right, that's fine. Um, I will keep looking Th- through the night. Yeah, okay. enough to not. Re- 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 it re- is now spells. DC twenty-seven. Just so you know, it doesn't matter for you. Maybe you should take yes. off your armor to help you get around faster. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like we got us an overachiever over here. Put some clothes on. He, uh, if anyone does suggest, recommend that he takes off his armor, he'll stop for a moment to consider it, <clears throat> and then won't. He'll be like, "I, I need some help." <laughs> I can't yeah, do it it's, true. <laughs> it's true. He can't take it off himself. This is great. Full plate. He also he also doesn't have endurance as a feat, so he Wait can't sleep in it either. He's got to don it every morning. He's got to take. He it needs off. help taking the armor on and off. Yeah, right. Yeah. How does Full he plate, use the need... bathroom? Well, well, I feel like the knights <laughs> used to just go. No, that's not nice. the case. They had yeah. lots of they had lots of ways to deal with that. One of the many uh, things the, uh, that RPGs. It's, it's a magic. Josh had to spend a ton on the um, the catheter of holding. So, anyhow, so that's 14 and a fail. That will be... So, from 12 to 14, is it's it now like the early horse enough? It's like the little bag in the back. In the morning for light to break through? Not yet, probably, oh, right? No. Attached to a shield. Yeah. Fails, because he's getting so tired. Another hour passes. Uh... Oh! Look at this guy. This guy. How do you go from a nat 1 to a nat 20? Cheating. Okay. So that was... (laughs) Well, 15 and then 19 hours straight. Oh, it's because he felt bad because they ate the deer because he sucked at hunting. Just so you know, I'm probably going to rule that you go straight to exhausted. (laughs) I'll, yeah, I'll accept that. Yeah, no, he I just would say fatigued it. if you were not in heavy armor and doing this so, for 19 hours straight. He was doing that for 19 yeah. hours, Jessup, Kieran, and Frampton fell asleep, and they found another dead deer. <laughs> but he got he got six more. Yeah. So you're you're getting there. Um, That is the limit. He can no longer walk. <laughs> <laughs> we just, just find him. We just find this shiny metal pile in the morning. <laughs> he's it's like so on his back, but he can't. He's like a turtle on the his back. <laughs> no, 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 he, no, he literally. It is actually physically impossible for him to keep walking. Um, so he I is going you to you did it in the nude. Didn't listen. Come back. It was being funny. At the at the tail end of that fourth hour, with six more berries for. His what night of work? Yes. So we got. Hey, that's yeah. that's like an entire day almost. 
Yep, and then he will collapse and fall asleep. And then we all leave and come back to the fort. Well, because I mean... Yeah. Oh. So, in total, as the next morning comes, you had 21 berries that you found? Total? Uh, Total? No, more than that, if we count everyone's, right? Or me, personally. Or was it... Well, what, what was it? There's there's so many die rolls. I might have I, added I, it wrong because you were at you were at seventeen plus six twenty three. I think it's twenty three. Five plus five is ten. Plus five plus two is twenty two. Plus six that didn't work. Plus six is twenty-eight. Five total. plus five plus five plus two is not twenty-two. There are four fives in there. Let me check here. So five, five, ten. Yep. The two D four is twenty-one. Twenty-three. I'm getting 23. Did you add in the 2d4? Yeah, that's one of the fives. I'm not seeing a fourth five. Two. Frampton. Hi. Yeah, that's the third one. I'm not seeing a fourth five. Maybe, yeah, no, maybe wrong. So it's 23. Yeah. Yeah. That's all we needed, right? Well, well, it's, we it's, it's not minimal. a guarantee. Yeah. Uh, so of... the next morning you take all of these berries and you uh, make the tincture out of them. You give one to each person and you see that over the course of the next uh, half hour, it looks like, and I'll just tell you what I rolled here. I rolled, I rolled 23 D20s just now. Using minimum caster level, you have a plus five bonus on this roll. It is a DC 19. So you need to roll a 14 or higher for this to be successful. And this is what I rolled. First roll was a one. Second roll was a 17. So there's one success. Then a three, six, five, 20, two successes. 19, three successes. 14, four successes. 18, five successes. 7, 15, 6 successes. 4, 8, 5, 13, 14. There's your 7 successes. 2, 14, 8 successes. 12, 15, 9 successes. 11, 1, 20, 10 successes. So, 10 of the people are healed from these tinctures, which leaves only 13 left. Again, uh, you have all of this day to continue looking for more berries. Uh, Gideon is exhausted and and cannot move. Can we enlist the help of the um, people we cured? Um, Try to find them too, or is it just solely PCs? I think the book is pretty much relegating it to PCs, rangers, because they know what they're doing, and Longfrond. Uh, but you haven't gone to either the Rangers or Longfrond. So we probably should have did that. Because basically all of these people 
they could not possibly meet the DC. So, could they aid? None of them have perception or survival. They'd have to roll to even aid. Um, so I'm just going to say that they cannot assist you. Uh, you so are many, on your own at the moment. So how many days do we think we had left? Your best guess was one or two days. So it's either today or you have, you you know, you're pretty sure that you have all of today is fine. Tomorrow is a little iffy. After that is probably, probably want to avoid after that. Well, it's not even like we can really go anywhere now. We got freaking Tin Man passed out over here for the day. Yeah, you're on your for own eight hours. Yeah, for eight hours. So I guess we reassess and that's, um, yeah. Probably could have went a little better, I guess. But uh, we saved ten people. That's that's you know not nothing. Think on. Yeah. So. I thought never thought that I'd go from fighting a dragon to picking berries in the forest. Well, I mean, quite a fickle kinda, thing. Really, you only fought a dragon based on those, but um, maybe today will change. I mean, okay. I'm still looking for berries, even if I haven't found them. It doesn't change the fact that I'm out here looking for them. I spent hours yesterday looking. She's trying to make a joke. I'm getting very defensive. It's just boring. <laughs> <laughs> so, Frampton did his first check and rolled for time, so that's two hours he did not find anything. Okay, I will Do we try. just want one... Would it be easier if we just have one person do all their own? Well, it doesn't make any difference if we fail. Well, I think it just adds up all the time. We could just tally how much time that person did. Well, try not to burn more than two hours, because that's how much me and Kieran did. <laughs> Kieran's like in a right foul mood today. <laughs> I don't think I passed. Nope. Uh, this DC must be 20. 20 or 21. Yeah. So the first round of checking is unsuccessful. Two hours pass for Frampton and Kieran. One hour for Jessup. So you can all do your second round of search. Oh my gosh. Eleven will fail. (laughs) I feel like maybe I should start rolling perception. I have a better chance. More hours. To try it? Well, it's higher DC though. Right, but the offset, I think he said was two, and my perception offset to survival is five, so it still gives me a net of plus three, but... I see what you're saying. I'll be a a good girl and roll survival. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, these rolls wouldn't really matter even if you switched. Yeah, I've rolled, like, single digits in every single one of these. Oh, goodness gracious. One success for Jessup, so you can roll a d4 and a d6. We're at four hours for Frampton and Kieran puts us at three hours for Jessup and he gets another six. Nice. Continuing on. Keep going here. (laughs) I mean, we have to roll high one of these One thing that I will... Yes! Nat 20! Yeah, there's success there. Jason's like, yay, okay. Um, (laughs) Good good going, guys. You can roll your d4 and d6. So three more hours. And you get another four. So that puts you at ten. One thing you can consider is that Kieran can take ten to aid, which means that Jessup could take ten to get a DC to get a twenty-one with the aid. Oh. Knowledge nature. Don't I have to aid on the same skill that he's rolling? 
that's not what I was doing before. Um, oh. I gotta poke holes, Sarah. Why you gotta poke holes? Rules follower, okay? I mean, Let even still, you have an intelligence of plus zero, right? Oh, well, I guess you can't a bit do it. patronizing, <laughs> Jason. <laughs> I, I like to think I a plus one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so you're currently at ten tinctures. Uh, you can keep going. Do another round. Okay. So nine. I, okay. <laughs> I thought we were gonna aid, but okay. Well, I thought he said that. I thought that wasn't. I thought that wasn't a thing. I can aid. It's just I don't know. Kieran's just over it. <laughs> He's just totally over it. Twenty-seven. Like, we have a success. Stupid berries. I have better luck trying to identify magical items. Again, so uh, Jessup, since you're doing knowledge, nature, and, and rolling, that one was significantly uh, above the the DC. You can roll a two D four this time. So uh, three hours. Yep. Ooh, nice. Nice. Seven berries. So that puts you at seventeen. Uh, you can either one keep more. going, or you can see how successful these seventeen doses are. Karen, uh, do you uh, maybe want to start administering the? Berry juice while Frampton and I maybe keep looking? We'll just sigh heavily and he'll say, Honestly, anything's better than searching around these stupid bushes for berries that don't exist. Then he'll just shuffle away to. Hey, start... Kieran, hold on. No, that. I'll chew you up. Knock, knock. He'll use the wand of fireball to light a fire <laughs> to boil the water. He'll be like, kaboom! <laughs> Excessive. Uh, trying, to, <laughs> trying to cheer you up here, Karen. Hey, you wanted to use it to kill the people. Uh, I did, so. Well, I said was skinless, but you can right, cheer you up. Knock, knock. And you say, what you cast message spell on you and say, who's there? Who's there? <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Not berries. Not berries, who? That was the end of it. That was just because there was no berry. Jessup just kind of like awkwardly <laughs> just walks back out and starts looking for more. <laughs> so, Kieran, as you're spending some time to administer these, you make 17 more doses and you hand them out. And I'm rolling very interestingly for these. So, out of these 17 doses, you got three natural 19s, a natural 20, a natural 18, wow. two 15s, and a 14. And then wow. the rest were fails. So that's another eight successes. How many wow. did we need? You need 23. You're currently at 18 cured people. So you need five more. Okay. All right. More berries. So look for more berries. Um, And eight hours has passed. You're still passed? Uh, not quite yet. Oh, no. Yeah. not No, not eight hours because I've only done yes. three. <laughs> This is more tense than the dragon fight. <laughs> yeah, because I've, I've only been searching for six hours myself. Because Roll20 hates us. Good right? job, Frampton. Good job. Frampton gets another D4, D6. Four, four hours. That'll put Frampton over the eight-hour mark, I think. Oh, right in the middle of the road. Three berries. Three? Okay. Yep, I'm over the eight-hour mark now. Yep. So and... I'm at six hours. Yep. So... Uh, it's not gonna do it. Shoot. Why did it roll twice? I don't know. But they were both Neither very bad. They were both very bad. A two and a one. 
I like he's like walking around looking for berries and trying to figure out how his joke didn't work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> trying to improve his jokes. <laughs> uh, so I'm at um, nine hours with that. Okay. So both of you are past eight hours. You have three uses that uh, have not been administered. You need five people cured. What? So berries I found. Gotcha. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Josh, what are you aiming for after eight hours? When he wakes up, he's going to go out and do it again. Ah, so you are fatigued, not exhausted. Correct. He is fatigued, not exhausted. He will spend 1d4 plus one minutes to remove his armor. Five minutes. Okay. And then he will go out, look for more berries. <laughs> okay. It's going to be a joy to have around. <laughs> <laughs> Jason's like, oh, look, some enemies popped out of nowhere. <laughs> Got a fatigued naked man. <laughs> so three hours, you do not find anything. Um... Frampton and Jessup can attempt it again as well. Go Frampton. Yep. Pulling it up. Hang on. <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. Frampton's getting the hang he's, of it. He's starting to know what he's doing. Nice. Three hours. Three Another berries. three. So you have six berries. You need five people. Oh, wait. I thought the 1d4 was the berries. My bad. Nope. 1d4 was the... I mean, uh, crap! Three hours suck! But uh, could have gone on the berries. Oh, that's why I was confused. It should have been 0d6. Okay, anyway. Let's see if Jessup oh. just hits the DC. Exactly. Oh. So you had six oh, after ouch, four, four hours. hours. Jessup is able to give you another... How many is he going to have? Two. Poop. So that brings you to eight... So let me roll those and see how successful we are. Not as good. So out of those eight, only two successes. So that you still have three people that are sick. Just let them die. And these three people at this point, they're just like, I've had so much of this <laughs> tea. It's clearly not working. Well, not for you. Wasn't there other ways that we can try to like pry it out or? Uh. At this point, it's been there so long, it would be, like, surgery. Oh, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> Your pee is blue. With my, with my zero, I feel confident that I can perform surgery on these people. <laughs> Let's do this with my rapiers. It'll be fine. You can all attempt it one more time here. Uh, uh, 17 uh, not going to do, do it. I get the plus, do I get the plus four because of, it's a hidden object? Yeah, but DC 22 for perception, so you still... Oh. Don't get it. Oh, there we go, Gideon. Oh, can God. I? Can Frampton have aided my perception to make it a twenty-two? <laughs> <laughs> if only you had said that you were doing that. I'm pretty sure I heard Kieran yell from over by the campfire. They're next to your foot. <laughs> so there's three more for Gideon. I'll just do these as we go each each round. Only okay, one hour at least. One of those worked so you have two more sick people you can each attempt it one more time today this is the last I'm time you'll be able to do it today oh i forgot aiding, to i'm aiding frampton on a perception okay okay i am yeah, aided. that's exactly eight hours works out oh you well, I technically seven technically no okay stop right. distracting me 
<laughs> You're the one dancing, Framton. <laughs> oh no, Gideon. That's seven hours for me. Indeed. 10, 11, 12 on our perception checks. I don't think there's anything I can do to aid me on a roll. Not on a check this long. No, that's You the only problem. need to cure two more people. Come on. Well, if you would just fudge your dice. Oh, balls. yeah. Roll a six on the berries. You roll just a hit one. The, you get a lot of exactly hitting the DCs here. <laughs> roll a one. Please do. Don't be mean, Gideon. It'll be funny. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Okay. They work. So you can roll. T- yeah, so hopefully. 5d20, and I need two of these to be high. First one was a one. Nice. Second one is a two. Nice. Third one is an 18. Yay. Fourth one is a 12. Crap. Fifth one is a 16. Ah. We did it. We did it. We cured them. Like, this is the worst (laughs) thing in my life. (laughs) I'm going to say that all of you are fatigued. Gideon is super exhausted. Berry hunting? You want Kieran me to put is mentally fatigued. Yeah. You want me to put exhausted back on? He didn't yeah. have armor on today. Just because you guys have been doing this nonstop for hours. Dude, I yeah. struggle eight hours at work, let alone twelve hours finding berries. Berry picking. <laughs> um all the while, if any of you got close to Gideon, he had nothing but conviction, was kind of uh, blind to the world outside of him. But if you get close, you can hear him mutter. Hold the line. Close the gap. Find your hidden strength. Steadfast, Gideon. And he just repeats it like a mantra as he keeps going. So Frampton will pull Jessup aside go, Oh yeah, I got near the fellow over there with the heavy armor. He's a bit of a, a nutter. He just kept mumbling to himself the entire time. The same mantra over and over again while berry picking. Was his... I think he's a crazy person. What was he saying? I don't know. Something about hold the gap and walk the line. I don't know. He just kept saying it over and over. And honestly, I wanted to distance myself from him. I can just picture awkward. I can just picture Frampton standing, Jessup like looking over Frampton's shoulder and seeing Gideon running around naked, looking at the berries. Him looking back, Frampton would be like, "I don't know if he'll fit in with our group here. He's kind of weird. He's very here. weird." Kieran is laying flat on the ground, like mentally just exhausted, and he's thinking, I cannot wait to get rid of this guy. <laughs> he is something else. Can't wait till so we can just move on and he moves on and we all just go our separate ways. We got a bloody half dragon in our party and it gives me less heebie jeebies than this fella. <laughs> I mean, I can get somebody who, uh, you know, bites a monk's head off with a dragon mouth and. You know, you doing the worm, but uh, this guy, yeah. this guy, though, I'm not sure about him. <laughs> the tail end of your conversation, Gideon joins and probably interrupts whatever it is that you're saying. Oh, hey, Gideon! Oh, how oh, hey, Gideon. oh, how are you? Oh. And you'll notice oh. that he has got um. Washboard apps. A, no, four <laughs> four cups of brewed tea. Okay. I happen to be fortunate enough to have exactly four. And he passes them out. Uh, do you accept them or no? Isn't the no. tea that we 
tea? Absolutely not. <laughs> the blue tea? <laughs> it's not. Nope, it is not blue tea. If any of you look at it closely, it has a delicately placed rose petal and seems to be an herbal concoction. Oh, I didn't know you were an alchemist. Can I, I knowledge am... alchemy it? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Oh my goodness. <laughs> a two. It's it's tea. It's tea. Oh, like oh tea. what's uh What's with the rose petal, and where did you find it? I have a bunch of them, and he'll open up, and you'll see he literally has a pack of, like, dried herbal tea leaves and a bunch of dried petals. What's, uh... What's with the, what's with the petals? He looks at you as if baffled by the question. I mean, it's kind of... Have... It's, it's, your, it's your thing, right? He points to the cloth piece in front of him. And? I... S- I serve the one called Milani. I make it my duty to do exactly what she asks of me. And part of that is a daily obedience. And which... Milani. Who's that? Some of us didn't pass our religion checks. I apologize. (laughs) Well, what lore to reveal? Uh, out of game, Milani is the uh, chaotic good deity who stands for the oppressed. Her holy symbol is a crimson rose uh, being grown out of blood-soaked streaks. She is the patron saint of those seeking liberation from unjust rule. All right. Nope. Uh, and he'll explain uh, so much. You will notice, as I once served as a knight of Ozum, I was raised in Vigil, found in Castle Eversand, my now namesake. Thereafter, I found my own way. I aim to become among Milani's exalted. I have heard the plea in the Armathis, and I lend my shield. I presume, and he looks at you, the ranger, that you are near Marthy. No. Right out of Fendar. Well, what was Fendar? Uh, he makes a very big ceremony. Finds his shield again. Then I stand to serve you. Oh, no. We we don't do that servant thing around here. <laughs> that's, that's... I mean, if you, if you want to follow and uh, help out, you can. But yeah, that's, we don't do the I'm your master kind of thing. That's weird. He looks at you like, what? What are you t- I... How, how, are you not in charge? Oh, well, you must be new here. Nobody's in charge. <laughs> I mean, look at us. He looks around at the... <laughs> well, I mean, he says that. He looks at that guy, rolls his eyes, and points to what's-his-name over there. Mr. Leader Naspin. Well, I guess he's a leader. I am not used to this kind of service, and uh, but in that case, I will commit my shield to Nirmathas. Not a single person, but a nation. An idea. I will fight for your freedom. They so are you, they breach uh... it enough here. You'll get used to it before too long. Yeah. So are you trying to be a ranger? I. What's a ranger? Oh boy. <laughs> I I've heard of. Chernasado, but what does it mean to become one? Oh, it's, it's a big ritual involved. It uh, 
probably take a long time to talk about and uh, I let anybody do it. He kind of thinks about it and stops for a second because he thinks of Aiden and his last recruit, basically. And uh yeah, you know that's we we can get you talk to somebody about that tomorrow, and they they can help you figure it out. If you need me to pledge allegiance, I I will. I am devoted to this cause. I know it is my next goal. Joseph just kind of like stares into the the tea, watching the leaf probably floating around. Gets real awkwardly quiet. I feel I've touched on a poor subject. I'll tell you what. Um, I can tell that you are uh, a bard, and he takes a seat. Regale me with the tales. What has happened here? Oh, well, where to start? And goes through pretty much everything that he would have, Aiden would have told him, basically, up until when they met, and then what had happened. Yep. Spares no expense. Talk about the dragon, Aiden passing, literally just, you know, a couple weeks ago. Yep. Et cetera, et cetera. That probably takes a few hours, I would guess. Yeah, I, I would say that you're definitely getting into the, the nighttime again when you'll probably by the time he's done describing the recent events it'll be close to the time when you'd have to go to sleep or else be whatever's worse than exhausted uh, I um, cast on myself and Gideon the uh, you know what spell I'm talking about Deep watch. Trying to find yes. him, I think. thank you so that I can finish my story Okay. Because it probably takes forever. So I, I will... Go ahead, Kieran. No, I was just going to say that with this tea, like, Kieran probably spends... So he brightens when Gideon brings it over. And he sits there and he smells it. And he doesn't drink it. He just sits there and he smells it. Um, because as he smells it, it, it brings up a memory from years and years and years past when his twin sisters would have tea parties and they would have rose tea at their tea parties and his favorite thing when he was younger was trying to prank them at their tea parties and one such occasion was when he dumped a bucket full of snakes off the balcony onto the terrace below where they were sitting or how he would put worms inside the the sugar cup and he loved to get reactions out of his sisters and so he sits there with this cup of tea just smelling it and remembering memories from a long time ago and pretty soon the tea is cold and he just kind of dumps it to the side okay you regale each other on stories for well for those of you who are under the effects of keep watch you regale each other with stories for the entirety of the night and the night again as many have it passes uneventfully uh, you do not encounter anything dangerous and you feel pretty confident that you have tended to these refugees here in good time and as the morning of the next day comes, you get yourselves around ready to 
return to the fort. And that is where we will pick it up next time.